Hey everybody, before we get started, I just wanted to say two things. First off, welcome to 2021, because man was that... Well, you, you, you've all heard the things. It's It's been awful for everyone and everything. Um, but uh, first, uh, but the second thing I wanted to say was uh, that you probably noticed that we've taken a little bit of changes and cosmetic changes in the channel and whatnot. So, because um, we've uh, changed our name from Comtrack to Never Watch Alone, because we figured, well, Comtrack, everyone will be like, "What the hell is that?" I mean, granted, now we, when you explain it, it's like, "Oh, it's just com commentary track, just you know, compressed into one." But Never Watch Alone is a little bit more of what we're all about. Because, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're all here to watch movies so y'all don't have to watch them alone. Cause, especially during these quarantine times. So, um, But, yeah, w uh, the old episodes, they won't remain any change. I, I physically can't go back and change the cosmetics that I've done. I'd ha have to physically re-release them. Maybe I'll do that as, like, a special edition. Go full George Lucas one day and re-release them as uh never watch alone seasons one and two and bonus episodes and all that but for now we're just dealing with the fact that we're kind of changing things halfway through um but it's there's gonna be a lot of good changes too because we're gonna have some short stuff we're gonna have uh, uh some more spin-off stuff with uh marvel the movie marvel movie of the M month with mark and we also got something also very special coming up but more on that later but that said uh yeah dude welcome back to uh uh the, the podcast where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again man uh i'm as always i'm your host tim Lifefight, and as always joining me is my good friend sean how you doing sean well happy to be here happy that we've gotten out of the hell year oh i know right happy new year everybody jesus christ uh yeah so <laughs> 2020 happened and we're glad to be out of that finally um and you know that's the reason why i wanted to do this movie to start the new year because based on how 2020 went i'm 90 percent sure that the mayans got it wrong or we translated the mayans wrong incorrectly <laughs> and it's actually 2021 where the world just goes up in smoke so yeah we're because we i mean what a more poetic way to get out of the disaster that was 2020 by starting out with disaster month welcome to disaster month by the way this is comtrack by the way <laughs> i'm pretty sure you know this <laughs> and of course if you want to skip ahead straight to the movie and like be like quit bullshitting get to the movie as always, there is a sync button where the movie starts in the description below, as always. But that said, uh, yeah, 2012, Roland Emmerich's grand uh, disaster movie. So, like, I personally love this movie, but I'm really interested in how you th feel about this, Sean, because I think you only recently had to pop this in. Yeah, uh, I'm fairly new to this movie. I never caught it uh, when it came out. Um Things to love, I, I'm always going to be uh, an advocate uh, for uh, John Cusack being possibly one of the greatest everyman actors uh, to yeah. ever, ever work. So um, I'm, I'm always happy when he's in a role like that, and I, I do quite like his films. Um, by and large, I thought the movie was fine. Uh, the effects uh, hold up pretty well. It's uh, entertaining. 
obviously you have to take this with a massive will and suspension of disbelief. Yes. So there's <laughs> that. Uh, and two, and people are going to hate me for this, and you're allowed <laughs> to hate me for this, and that's fine. Um, Bring on the hate is, train. In a disaster movie, uh, I just feel that, you know, too too much of a happy ending is just not good for me. It, I, 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 I want more nuanced in my disaster movies. So yeah. by that note, I wanted a member of the core family to die. And I was really disappointed that they all lived. Oh, they well, no, they one of them does die. The, the, or I do the not core. count the stepdad. Oh, you don't. Okay. So it's like mom, dad, two children. One of them go. Like I want to see that level of like personal tragedy. Oh, dude, it was kind of disappointed they didn't oh, do dude, that. Did, if you thought that, if you thought that wasn't quite nuanced enough, you must have. Did you hear about the alternate ending to this movie? No. You're going to hate it. I will. Okay. So um, I'm going to link the uh, YouTube because someone posted the alternate ending on YouTube. I'll put that in the description below for you for later. But uh, that said, the alternate ending is actually really bullshit. Like if you thought Deep Impact was overly melodramatic, (laughs) this is going to hurt. So it ends with uh, Captain, you know, the Captain of the Ark. Uh, adding, you know, they announced that they're heading for the Cape of Good Hope, and you know, but right after that, he, uh, Adrian, played by, uh, uh, Chit- I, I'm sorry, I always get butcher his name, Chit- Chitwell Edgefor. Okay, yeah, I know what uh, you're yeah, talking about. I'm, I'm, I, I always apologize to that actor because he's phenomenal in all these, uh, like literally a dozen other roles that I've seen him in and a dozen other movies. Um, so I apologize that I constantly butcher his name. I'm sorry. But he, his character gets a phone call that his father is alive from the cruise ship. <laughs> and even his friend Harry is alive. Like he's just got like a little cast and he's like, oh, he's my gosh. And apparently they survived the na- mega tsunami and the cruise ship is lodged on top of a rock where the arcs actually rescue them. So what what I think is is it's most bullshit. interesting, I, I will say, um, is what's left unsaid in this movie, yeah. because man, that that there's one aspect of this I really don't think has aged well, which I think is actually a little spoilery, but the absolute very end because they're talking about they're heading there, there's to the Gape of Good Hope. There's been almost no impact there, probably didn't even flood, and I'm just like. Yeah. How heavily armored are your arcs? Because either this is going to be colonization 2.0, or they're smart enough to not let you land. Oh, yeah. Like, that was 100% where I'm like, I'm like, this just got darkened. I don't think they were even thinking about that. Like, no. Dang, it's like, you're going to, no one's letting the white people in at this point unless the white people are coming armed because they know better now. Yeah, Africa would be kind of pissed. Right? So I was just well, like, my like, that is one. Ooh, that 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 ended's a big oof. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't even fucking think of that, man. Cause I guess it's it's just one of those because it's such a movie that you have to just suspend your disbelief in terms of the yeah. science and the the plot armor and 
You know, just like the ridiculousness and silliness of it all, because it is rather silly at times. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But because of that, you tend to, like, totally forget that that probably would have been a thing. So I guess to the movie's credit, it worked on that level for me at least but you're smart you're smarter than me sir so i can see why it well quite... but you also i mean i also didn't consume this when it came out in like what oh nine two thousand yeah yeah about yeah. like i'm seeing this a decade later and i think there's been a lot more awareness and move towards awareness in that last decade about yeah. how a lot of history has played out and you know been written by the winners and all such things so yeah it's, uh, it's certainly something to consider but uh why, why don't we get into it yeah I, well i guess the only the last thing i want to say about it is that uh uh before we get started is i'm just be very glad that you weren't or, like into the big peak of it when it came out just so you were spared the the insanity that was the a viral marketing campaign because remember this is 09 like this is between <laughs> you know the the dark years of marketing for movies like between you know like 07 and you know 2015 and whatnot where there were just shit loads of viral marketing campaigns for everything <laughs> uh and this one was no exception i mean this one was it was like google 2012 to find out all these secrets i'm like and it just led to so many conspiracy theories and all these things were like people were like legit like is this real because i don't want to i don't want to see the end of the world like to the point where people were you know really thinking of hurting themselves and whatnot and it was like it was really kind of fucking crazy for that um, yeah uh so to put it in perspective when this movie was released um i had like just transitioned to a new job a few months beforehand and so it's like, I, I just didn't have time to be focusing on stuff like this at that time. Right. You know, um, I didn't see it in theaters though. Interestingly enough, I, I, I watched this, uh, uh, I th I actually think I watched this for the first time around the time the movie takes place, which is December, 2012. Oh, all right. Cause I was like, well, it's 2012. I still haven't seen that one movie about 2012 being the end of the world. It's kind of well, I'm hanging out around Christmas time with my folks. I'll pop it in and see what happens, just to to tempt fate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like clearly, I've always been uh, a fan of movies, but I was not. I did not have a dedicated watching crew at this point in time. So yeah, you know, yeah. for bigger movies, I always had people who are willing to meet up and go with, but. I didn't have like my uh, like my buddy who it's like, hey, we're going to see a movie a week going yeah. on at this time, like I I did now, Shit, yeah. Which obviously has been put on hold this year because or, or this last year because oh gosh, twenty twenty, yeah. oof, oof. Because <laughs> you know the I think the running gag is that uh, the world did end in twenty twelve. It's just that we're now living the apocalypse. We didn't quite know it. the The year twenty twelve dot exe did not load improperly. <laughs> did not load properly at all, and now we're just stuck with the aftermath. But I mean, who knows? Uh, although I do, I did love the uh, the the Simpsons Halloween horror bit with it, where it's like they they just point out the ridiculousness of it, where they have like the cold opening with the Mayans, 
and they'll be mm-hmm. like, well, let's see here. Uh, you know, it's Dr. Frank doing the calculations. Carry the two, assume for the birth of Jesus, and <laughs> the world end will end in 2012. And it will be Obama's fault, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> I, you know, if we're going to talk about doomsday and apocalypse times, I still like uh, the the current motif of, it all started when they shot a gorilla. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, well, now I feel like we'd be going into Planet of the Apes territory. <laughs> I mean, one can lead to the other. <laughs> it, you know what? And with, after all the shit we've seen in 2012, who knows? It, anything could go. I call. Yeah, actually, I've just literally earlier today, I called 2012 or 2020 Murphy's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to say, since we did bring up Planet of the Apes, just very briefly, I am still waiting for a full-length musical feature a la The Simpsons style. Oh my god, that would be amazing. They're still on! Do it! Do it, you cowards! I'm talking to you, groaning. I know you're a time traveler. I've seen the shit. I've seen the videos. I've seen the behind, all the yeah, side-by-sides main... comparisons. Yeah, but that main voice actor died. It. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, that that was Phil. Damn it. All right. We good? Well, yes, I think we're good. Well, why don't we get started? So, How many tangents gonna... can we go on? Oh, you know, it's us, man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those of you back home, if you've got the movie 2012 on Blu-ray, we are watching it on our Blu-ray rips. Uh, we got it on streaming. Wherever you can find it, the internet is always a vast and glorious place, but... Hope you got it queued up right now, because we are going to start this bad boy in three, two, one, click. And right away, we're getting the Columbia logo. <clears throat> that's that's always how you can tell where where we are, is we're, we've got the Columbia logo going. And I'm um, drinking Colombian coffee. It works. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, so right off the bat, uh, it, oh, hang on shit cut cut um well just keep rolling but i'll edit it this out we're just gonna uh restart because my my computer fucked up we're just gonna uh, i'll just we're gonna uh, restart the movie right yeah yeah yeah. okay but keep rolling i'll edit this part out yeah yeah, no that's fine yeah i didn't stop my recording so that's that's fine okay hang on i gotta oh my god movie why why do you do this to me why It's probably because I had it up for way too long. And... Okay. All right, here we go. Back back, back into this in three, two, one. So, folks, I really hope you got your, uh, your copy ready. You were watching it on our Blu-ray. If you got it on streaming, you got wherever you can find it. The Internet is a vast and magical place, I assure you. But either way, we got the movie queued up at 000, so we are going to start in three two one click right away we got the uh the the columbia logo which <clears throat> and the ominous music because uh probably the so now uh, we because you know roland emmerich is kind of you know the the master of disaster <laughs> if you will right 
Um, he's not Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> that's okay. That's he's the modern master of disaster. If there, uh, but would you say that this is his best disaster film? Um, huh? Because he's done that's... a lot. He's done Independence Day. He did Day After Tomorrow. He did Godzilla. I, he's, I, I, he's done I, all I, these. I think I'm going to have to say no just because I think the original Independence Day was just so darn good. Yeah. Um, but after that, I would probably say uh, that this isn't far. And and if only because the original Independence Day, uh, because of the fantastical nature of aliens and stuff like that, uh, it's a lot easier to suspend disbelief, as it were, uh, because... You know, it's like, oh, look, uh, of course it's aliens. Like, their technology just lends itself to suspending disbelief. Right, right. When you're dealing with nature and things of that nature, it's a little, uh, it's a little more difficult to, uh, to be that, you know, dismissive. Yes. And I also think that the, uh, I mean, not to say that I don't love the cast, uh, in this movie. I, I do, but the, the casting for, um... That's that right Independence there. Independence Day was just it was just amazing. That that little bit right there with the boat was mm-hmm. excellent foreshadowing. I gotta say. Oh yeah. Actually. Right away, opening with the uh, the the boat with the boat like that is actually when you're like, oh, right on. We're we're actually probably gonna be in for a little fun ride because uh, <laughs> you know I I actually remember I think one of the most enthusiastic reviews to come out for this movie when it first came out was Roger Ebert because. I've I've stated many times I've I read Ebert constantly, especially when he was uh, in college when he was kind of at his uh, in his later de- years, but uh, he he really loves these like like dude bottom line of this movie it's this movie gives you your money's worth is it a masterpiece no is it one of the year's best no does Emmerich hammer it together with his elbows from parts obtained from the used disaster movie store yes. But is it as good a movie as this genre can be? Yes. Because it's not really so much as um, the earth is destroyed, but it's done so thoroughly. Uh, (laughs) It spends half an hour of ominous setup and then unleashes two hours of cataclysmic special effects that hammer the earth relentlessly, that grinds the world up, stomps on it, and spits it out for good measure. (laughs) <laughs> that's some and that's totally what this movie is because there's a lot like again we're going through a lot of the tropes here you know the early warnings and the ominous setups and whatnot with characters that you're going to be following throughout the rest of the movie that may or may not make it out alive um and again yeah it just goes through the motions so well but it does it so entertainingly this is why i defend movies like james cameron's avatar i don't care if it's the same story as Fern Gully, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, Pocahontas, and Dances with Wolves, and Last of the Mohicans. I know it's the same damn story. Or if you want, throw Last Samurai in there. I don't care. Is it still <laughs> well told? Is it a well told story? Yes. I like it. Bite me. <laughs> I think a lot of it is less of, is it a well told story? Uh, what? I don't think people so much mind stories being retold. I think it's a matter of are you doing something uh, new with it or are you being nuanced with it? 
there's only so many times you want to be hit over the head with the same morality yeah. uh, without a, a new or fresh approach. It's just like, I love, I mean, obviously I love movies. I love Avatar. It's a lot of fun. But at the same time, it's like, okay, how, how many times are you going to keep making us feel guilty for imperialism? We understand it was terrible. Like, I get it. I understand. I'm all, I agree with you. Can we stop the guilt trip? <laughs> I, I was more in it for the uh, the beauty of Pandora and. Oh, the, I I, saw, I the, love the, the movie. Effects. I mean, yeah. it, it looks great, but this I will say came out the same year, didn't it? Yeah, two thousand and nine. Man, was that the same year? Yeah, that's nuts. Wow. Isn't it? Love way to lovely way to tie it in, and now here okay. we are introduced to Oliver Pratt. Oh, always who, oh, who one? He's just a wonderful dick character uh did, or did, did, character did, actor did did you really uh wow what um just it, it's platt you said pratt <laughs> and i was just o like Oliver, oh i guess that's why he's so good at what he does i always i read it as oliver pratt not platt yeah, but it's yes, all right. I mean, yeah, no, th this no, is right. I, one of the better roles I've ever seen him in. He is perfect as this, as you know, the chief of staff. Yeah, but like as the just bureaucratic, like I will get this done. It, who's kind of a dick, but he, you know he's really good at his job. Well, he's a dick, but as much as you might want to hate him, if it weren't for people like him, this would not like the, the premise of this movie, the survival of people would not have happened. Probably. Yeah, no, totally. Oh, all right. Although I actually do love the fact that once he does like start reading it, uh, he actually does like get that, that great look yeah. on his face because again because oliver platt is just a wonderful wonderful character actor who really knows how to play kind of like low-key assholes mm -hmm. <laughs> um but i also love that he does give a little bit of weight to this because this moment right here where he just looks around and surveys the place where he realizes all this shit doesn't matter anymore probably <laughs> oh shit well oh, this uh this age looks well. familiar <laughs> this, 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 man this looks like six months ago doesn't it God, that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, so now I actually do love that it starts in the year that this movie was released, 2009, and then works its way up to yeah. 2012. It's actually that's actually pretty clever. <clears throat> and I also really love this bit right here where he's like, "Your interpreters can go home. Whatever English I, uh, you have will be sufficient enough." Yeah. Also, yeah, nice performance by Glover here. Quite like right? it. Right? I really love it. Okay, so there are a lot of really wonderful actors and wonderful performances in this movie. But uh, for you, who's the M who's kind of the MVP of, the, of this movie? Oh, I mean, I, I, I think it, it's kind of a tie between, um, you know, 
Like, I really do like what John Cusack does here. Yes. Uh, yes. And I will also apologize for the pronunciation, but uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I know. Ugh. I mean, it's I, so... I don't know. I don't know. But regardless, he's amazing. Yes. Um, outside, the, I mean, I love him in this movie. I really like him in uh, uh, Inside Man as well. I, I think he's yes. a great actor who, you know, doesn't always quite get uh the the roles uh he deserves but man like when when you give him uh a character to play like he nails that character i've never seen him do a bad job in any role he's done mm-hmm. uh but also I, I don't think you could put this as the best person because he's not in it this long in it all that long mm-hmm. but i always just love woody I know, dude. Okay, so I was, I was literally going to mention when Woody Harrelson shows up, he's not, pro- he's probably not the, it's like one of those things where you know it's not the best, but it's by far your favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> oh my God, his role in this is great. And we also got, uh, uh, oh, fuck, what's, uh, um, uh, Andrew Lau from The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, God, what the hell is that actor's name? I, I, sh- I really should know this better, but. Um. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. That's like because we've all watched The Dark Knight like a fifteen thousand times. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the, that's the the same problem. Um. But I also love uh, this year, it's uh, yeah. Shin Han. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um. Yeah. He he does he does. I mean, he has a much smaller part in this movie, but he does a really good job with it as well. That and yes. that's one of the nice things here. I mean. This movie is full of, you know, character actor or everyman performances instead of, like, so there's not really a a, a runaway, like, this is who's grabbing everything in this movie. Right. But that's what makes it work is because everyone does a good job individually and with their characters so well that it makes the movie pull ahead. It doesn't distract you by, you know, drawing you two into one person. Yes. Exactly. There's, and plus, you know, although I, you mentioned like you wish there were, there was a little bit more character deaths. Um, I would have liked to see more of these characters like actually get sacrificed in, in all of this. All, this is really cool. Where the uh, the Mona Lisa is being transferred, right? And how like only a laser scan will be able to tell the difference. Um, although it, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never actually been to Paris. Uh, my mother has, mm-hmm. but uh, is the Mona Lisa a little bit too big here? Uh, it might be. I'm. I am told it's rather small. I have also not yet been to Paris. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, any anyone who either anyone who either lives out there or has seen the Mona Lisa in person, just like correct us in the comments <laughs> to your leisure. But uh, I do love that uh, the uh, the art curator here is actually named Roland. Just a little cheeky, but okay. And then, of course, it's really cool how we work the timeline of the 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 slow buildup into the title. That was actually kind of cool. Now, don't you love in movies where they're always watching the most relevant news? that the plot needs to set up for the audience. <laughs> like it's never, they're never just like kicking back watching, you know, like fucking SpongeBob or, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, the 
Wall Street tradings are just porn. Like it's never it's it's always the most relevant news story. Well, I, th- I mean, I, I at least in a situation like this, it would kind of make sense because if you fall asleep like that late at night, what did you probably have on? Well, you I, probably had one of the main channels on watching late night, you know, like Jay Leno, whoever. I guess I, I, I just want to see it done in more clever ways. Like, cause like Shaun of the dead did it the most clever where <laughs> he was flipping through the channels and it just kept the sentence going. That's brilliant. But I've never really seen anyone do anything really creative with that. But you know what? Again, it's just one of those little little trope things that not just disaster movies do in, in general. But it's okay. It's fine. It moves it along. I, I also the- I, I want to point out here, I don't know what happened. Why there was this period of time where every time somebody needed... Uh, a character who is a writer to be played, they picked John Cusack. <laughs> it is, but no, I mean, it's true. It's like Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, John Cusack, 2012, yeah. John Cusack, uh, 1408, this John Cusack. Cool. I'm just like, every time they needed a writer, where's John Cusack? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just kind of his thing, Loki, but I do love that little bit where uh, the. Uh, the crack is there again love the the ominous warnings are just at the right level of entertaining even like shit like this that again it's so on the nose but you really don't care because again (laughs) is it entertaining and the answer to the that that question is almost unanimously yes throughout this whole movie Yep. Now we got to establish, you know, we it, there. It just wouldn't be a disaster movie if there wasn't strained family relations to br- and in nothing because right. nothing brings together family like the global destruction and the death of six billion people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice ride to you too, dude. Below, enjoy that that shit while it lasts. <laughs> Because I still that that moment where he tosses it into the uh, the the crater and gives him that look is still one of the best. This is uh, I mean this is at least the second movie that Cusack and Pete did together. I'm not sure if there were more. Uh, I actually quite like their their previous outing, Identity. Uh, oh, a man, very underrated movie. Yeah, I've been meaning to see that. I hear it's really fucking good. I need to check that out. There's a lot. I'm way behind on my Cusack. Because, uh, because obviously. Well, this I mean, when you started as a as a teen actor, I mean, you're gonna have a long a, career. Very long. He totally, dude. Now we got uh, um, the two. Oh God, what? Man, I'm terrible with names. I'm absolutely terrible. Um, but uh yeah these these guys uh you know one of them's uh uh Helmsley's uh uh dad estranged dad and we got his best friend oh god I Yeah uh George Segal uh, George Segal yeah. And um Oh uh, what was it what did I seen him at Yeah so uh George Segal It's, it's Seagal, so crazy 
Yeah. George Seagal, I actually had a lot of affinity for because I was a big fan of the show Just Shoot Me back in the day. Right. That was really cool. It's the end. It's comes. <laughs> yeah, this is this shit's really cool. Oh, and then this bit here where, because again, this all the the entire half an hour of this or the first like roughly forty minutes of the movie is all just setups, and then once the movie starts to get going, it really gets going. Which is why I think this movie actually is kind of warranted a two and a half hour running time. Um, although one thing that I do really wish that I had, I actually looking back, uh, at this movie, cause again, like I said, I only saw this, there he goes. Um, I only saw this, uh, uh, you know, in my own home theater, um, didn't see this in theaters, but now looking back, I really wish that I did. Cause when the effects start rolling out, I really <laughs> legit wish I saw this on the biggest screen that I could just to catch all the tiny itty bitty details that they were throwing at you at once, you know? Yeah, no. And there's a, I can actually really appreciate that. That's actually one of the, the things I appreciated, you know, with movies like Lord of the Rings, there was a lot of real little details in the battle sequences that those big wide shots. Well, right. But also like when you had, you know, like the Nazgul above the city and dropping bodies, like yeah, you can't follow that on a small screen, but man, like the way that played out on a big screen. So those kind of nuanced little details are awesome, and it's one of the reasons I will always be an advocate for watching movies on the big screen. Totally, dude. And because this movie's so such like big budget and does have like a lot of really good really good actors in it with actually fairly good performances. Would you call this an epic film? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, like epic. An epic has to do with scale as opposed to um, necessarily anything else. Like, because there's subgenres of epics, obviously, like historical epics or whatnot. Yeah. But if, yeah, I would definitely call this an epic just because of the the scale it it operates on. Totally, dude. I mean, because when you have movies that cram all this shit in these wide fucking angles. Uh, that and the nice thing is that it never overcuts, you know. When you yeah, because uh, when we get to it, because they actually hold the shot so you can feel it. They hold the yeah. shots, but they put they they have uh, fairly long shots for action movies, but they throw so much shit in those long shots that uh, it it still gives you the, your brain that yeah kind of I, sense I, of chaos. I will say I didn't really consider this until you just brought this up but you know this came out at the height of the age of quick cuts for action yeah and and there is nothing that annoys me more in a movie than with the they cover action with so many quick cuts that you can't really follow what's going on and this movie really doesn't do that it gives you a nice you know coverage a lot of long shots and you you feel the impact of what's happening i I do really appreciate that Take notes, Bay. Bayhem sucks. Ha- create a hashtag for that. Hashtag Bayhem sucks. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, go, uh, going back to... Uh, so we got Thandie uh, Luton as uh, the president's daughter here, where she's about to be told what the fuck is going on. And man, dude. Yeah, so one, um, Thandie Newton is absolutely amazing. And, you know, her, her resurgence right now um, with Westworld is awesome. However, yeah. it wasn't until uh, watching this that I actually had... Uh, had a I had a realization. I was just I'm sitting there watching this, and all I could think of was, man, the resemblance between her in her younger years, and uh, Zoe Sal- Saldana. Oh my God, you're totally right. I was just like, I'm like, man, that that is that is a resemblance right there. Make I, maybe she'll be in the next Avatar movie. It's supposed to be out pretty <laughs> soon. We'll see. I don't know, um, but yeah. Okay, another really good. I, I we uh, kind of missed it over it here, but the the really good bit with Oliver Pratt. Uh, Oliver Platt, I think, is probably the low key MVP of the movie, just because even though yeah he does just uh, he even though he is kind of really pushy about things, but he's a dude who just knows what the situation is, how grave it is, and how he can get shit done. Like there, there's still just enough empathy in him where he's yeah. not a total creep but you still like dude what the hell at, at times uh, and it's well, really hard to walk that balance it is but you know and I think that's one of the reasons I like this character so much and actually can really relate to it because oh, I am as a person I try to be very pragmatic even though personally and ideologically um, I am very you know much an idealist but i understand like being an idealist is not going to just because you want something to be a certain way doesn't mean it's going to be that way and you have to approach situations pragmatically yeah and i think he's just someone who has taken that to an extreme it's like he understands the situation and as terrible as it is and yeah he comes off a bit calloused but it's like without that pragmatism we wouldn't be nothing would have yeah nothing would have gotten done Okay, so two things. One, first we finally got our little peek at Woody Harrelson's character, who's phenomenal. I wish there was more of him, almost. Almost. Um, But how the hell did these cats not immediately get arrested as soon as they breached the perimeter? Because they were walking out in the open for like a good 10, 15 minutes, and now they're being swarmed? Like you would have thought well, they would they would have gotten it. Real I, I think it's because there's monitoring equipment around the lake, so they saw them and then came in. Okay, that's fair. But either way, like, <laughs> okay, so that's another thing about what I love about Woody Harrelson's character, his weird obsession with pickles. <laughs> I th- I honestly think that was a note from Woody Harrelson himself. Like, I want like just you know being like you know, the artists that actors can be like i want my character to be obsessed with pickles <laughs> <laughs> like and roland's like yeah sure like that, why not? That, that's not a deal breaker we we can work with this <laughs> like all right pickles it is <laughs> it's like do you have a preference for which kind of pickles no just all the pickles <laughs> all kinds <laughs> all kinds i'm a pickle enthusiast that came out wrong 
But uh, yeah, this uh, now this I thought was actually kind of a cool little thing to link the characters together. That um, Helmsley here, the, the chief science advisor, he's a uh, he's actually one of the few people that's read uh, his book. Right. Oh yeah, that's the other thing they mentioned his name, Jackson Curtis. So you know that little Easter egg, right? Not sure. Jackson Curtis is Curtis Jackson reversed. Roland Emmerich is a huge fan of 50 Cent. And 50 Cent's real name is Curtis Jackson. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I, I know that's his real name, but I had no idea yeah. of that connection. So Roland Emmerich is a huge fan of 50 Cent. Uh, but wasn't 50 Cent acting at this point? Why wasn't I know Cent that's here? what I was saying here when because when I read that up, I'm like, dude, why the hell didn't you just hire him? I would love to see this movie being headed by 50 Cent. That would have been. I don't know. I don't know necessarily about headed, but there's definitely a part you could have. Oh yeah, like throwing a cameo or some shit. Like hell, you know you can like when you see the the Russian billionaire yeah. in, in right, Las Vegas. Right, you have Vegas, all these rich people and like, other th throw him in there, man. Why not? But I did love that that because I think he well I think the reason why he went with that is because uh, he always wanted to name one of his chief characters in one of his disaster movie after him, um, so I guess that's it. But still, you could have thrown a cameo in there for him too. Why not? Yeah, that would have been fun, especially as like a fan, you know. Like, how cool would it be to throw one of your idols a, a cameo in your movie? Yeah, that's always the dream of a filmmaker. I mean, yeah, and, and so many of them do it, and, and, and we love them for it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, and of course, this is another trope. Again, it's a trope, but it doesn't really bother me. And this is something that was very prevalent in Day After Tomorrow. That scale is wrong. It's happening sooner now. Right. Like, this scale isn't in, in in months. It's in weeks. Like, we've seen this shit before, and yet well, I'm still eating it up. Like it's, it's well, but I mean, it, it always one of the reasons it always works is science is just not that precise. It's not, yeah, and well, like you know, uh, well, the science in this movie is so not precise. <laughs> well, right, but like you know, an X factor gets can get added to any situation and completely change the parameters thereof. Yeah, so you can only work on you know projections and plans to a certain point, and then reality sets in. You have to adjust true i just see the trope where it's going to be a lot worse initially like this like it's going to happen a lot sooner and a lot less time and then as soon as it's over oh yeah it's not as bad as we were projecting now like that like uh, i've so seen that I, happen if if, if, if <laughs> what i'm hearing from you is you want the opposite yes it's way longer for it to happen but then everything's just dead like no one survives yes that's <laughs> that, see that's that's the that's the real more realistic version switch it like it should be the the same thing but just flipped because so, he did the exact same thing with day after tomorrow <laughs> so i i, God, I, I hate to, i hate i, I kind of hate to be going here but if i'm hearing you right you want roland emmerich to make the movie about global warming well, he already did that with Day After Tomorrow, I think. I think. Uh, I, I mean, the the current nightmare projections. <laughs> you know what? I say go for it because he needs to redeem himself after Independence Day resurgence. 
like hardcore. Yeah. Like because there, there, there's uh, this really unfortunate uh, problem in Hollywood right now, which that's a perfect example of where it's like, hey, we've got a three act show, movie or a story, great, but we cut out the second act. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that's the best part too. Um. But yeah, no, because like... Well, the second act is what makes you care. Exactly. Like, you keep cutting out the part that makes us care, and so then you have a climax that has no, no impact. Yeah, exactly. It's dead air. Dead space. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really thought that... Uh, um, oh, fuck, what was I going to... Yeah, so he actually mentioned that Roland Emmerich, when he was making this, he wanted this to be his last disaster movie. Uh, he wanted so he wanted to go out in like the biggest bang possible, like really outdo himself in terms of destruction and whatnot. And I kind of really wish that he did uh, mm. make this his last one because, dear God, I, <sighs> Independence Day Resurgence was just bad, really yeah. bad. Uh, I actually had a friend of mine uh, who lives in L.A. He uh, he actually used to run the uh, University Film Organization back in my college. Uh, he actually got to meet Jeff Goldblum on the set of Resurgence. So he was pumped about that movie, and he was ready for it to be among the biggest vocal uh, people for it. And he walked out <laughs> of the movie, you, you know, after everyone's like, this is, so, this is like the worst ever. He actually walked out just like, wow, that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, well, that's camping with with your real dad sucks. All he does is write. There is definitely a weird switch with with the son in this movie. It's like he he goes from you know being standoffish and grumpy to just very back in the fold, and like yeah. the transition just happens so fast. That's one of the few kind of like doesn't quite track with me moments about this movie. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's not so bad that I'm it's it, mad yeah, about it. <laughs> like it's not distracting. I hope y'all are subscribed to his podcast cuz this dude is a fucking character, dude. This is how you do a bit part dude, in a movie. Woody is just so good. Just <laughs> so darn good. Like, look at even look at that head turn that he did. Like he's just like <laughs> again with the pickles, and then I love the shot that's coming up here where he opens up his fridge, yeah, because it's just wall to wall pickles. And I now I can't tell if he's doing like because you were because you grew up in San Diego, so you're more familiar with surfer culture. But is he going full surfer, bro? No, I think he's going more conspiracy theorist. With, well, he, there's there's a touch of surfer bro on top, like it's I not mean, the it's not the meat of I, the cake, it's the icing uh, on top. Uh, is that not just Woody in general though? <laughs> Good point. I love the animation video that he does here. Oh yeah, like this is like the shitty early YouTube of t- like the er- like the late two thousands. I actually really liked Woody in. Uh... Uh, Emmerich's uh, latest film, actually. Oh, which one was that? Uh, he did Midway last year. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, and they have him as, you know, uh, basically the commander of the Pacific. And 
man, I mean, I just really enjoyed his performance. But then again, it's like, I don't ever see Woody do a bad performance, so. Hmm. Oh, yeah, this uh, this guy, Charles Hapgood, he's actually a real good... This is an actual theory from back in the day, although Einstein did not support it because Hapgood was mostly... Uh, uh, condi- or mostly ignored for his many theories, but Roland Emmerich found the crust displacement theory enough. Like, look, there's all the pickles. Look at look at all these motherfucking pickles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, apparently that was like a real theory by an actual <laughs> uh, scientist by the name of Charles Hapgood. But uh, he thought that was an interesting enough theory for to be a premise for a movie. Which I thought was actually kind of cool. Um, I think it was uh, 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 the book, what was it? Fingerprints of the Gods by uh, Graham Hancock. Like, that was one of the main inspirations of the movie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> His delivery here is just so good right and he's only got like maybe what 12 uh, 12 minutes of screen time maybe less 10 tops but man does he act his ass off in the the short amount of time And actually, I, give it up to Jack John Cusack for that look, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go now. I, you, you, you know, <laughs> I love when he just steals the beer. <laughs> Thanks for the beer. Later, bye. Actually, this is kind of really great commentary that the sold tickets to literally the 1% of the yeah. entire planet. And I, I, I really do like the uh, the um, the foreshadowing, though, with, like, Russian billionaires. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really good. I'll, also, you know what I really, have... Actually, you no, know what? The, one of the best things about Woody Harrelson's character... Is even though he his his uh, whole show is about the apocalypse and how it's all going down, he still pitches for donations and subscriptions anyway. Yeah, I love that. That's actually a really funny touch. Well, oh, I mean, so it, it, it's it's become his shtick. He's just attached to it, but yeah. he also has to live. Yeah. Uh, this is this is actually one of the first shots or, or the first sequences of the movie where you're like. Holy shit, this is going to be some really good... This is going to be kind of fucking awesome. Uh, just based on how the effects uh, are. Because yeah. uh, when you see when how the way this, uh, this earthquake coming up is going to be looking like, and you realize that's just like a tiny taste... Uh, or a tiny taste of the appetizer, you know you're in for a <laughs> ride. Because I love this shot. I love yeah. this. The crack... Oh, man. These VFX guys were on overtime. And hey, look, so much product placement. 
because uh, yeah. now we know where what the movie pay, what what they paid for the movies. Uh, the movies. Oh my budget. gosh! Yeah, I mean, Pabst Blue Ribbon. There, just I mean, there's this, been so much. Just this scene alone, Huggies and all that shit. But look at that, man. That's some good shit. And the fact that it cuts off just before you want to see a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So that's another thing. This is 2009, and they still got a TV from the 70s. <laughs> but, I mean, that you that's actually not that unusual. Really? Yeah, um... I I will still go places. I mean, yeah, like the certain industries like hotel and that kind of stuff, you know, obviously they keep up with the times because of the expectation from their customers. Yeah. yeah. But like I have definitely gone into like, you know, gas stations and still see like, oh, look, they have a old school whatever up there to show off their CC, you know, like their closed camera system or whatever. Yeah. It's like a lot of these people systems like they definitely take an approach of it if it's not broke we're not going to replace it because why spend the money although have you seen those uh those pictures and memes where it's clearly a tv from like the 60s but they've got netflix hooked up to it somehow <laughs> like, yes <laughs> good for you dude wow <laughs> oh right. i mean i i i'm a weirdo i uh i skipped over hd yeah yeah i literally went from Standard definition, old style TV, two four K. Yeah, yep. For the most part, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of right there with you because I, I didn't get like actual. We didn't get or like real cable until like two thousand four. Hmm. Yeah, it's nuts. But I love the uh, we got also got the uh, the war room or the briefing room that we've seen in literally every movie. I I'm ninety percent sure they use this exact set. Pacific Rim a few years <laughs> later because it only looks slightly redressed. All the Sony products. Do you see that? Yeah, and, and this that was a real push at the time. You would see Sony Vio stuff on and like every movie. Oh, yeah. You just dude. know Sony was like, buy our laptops. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, of course, uh, um, like that I, that's another way to just like get this movie money cuz this movie was not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. No. This had this had was like a 200 million thing. Like and granted this was after Titanic when 200 million was like a fairly reasonable price for a big budget movie, like a really big end blockbuster. But yikes, that's still like holy shit. But yeah, right here, why couldn't they have had 50 cent like in the crowd somewhere? Yeah. This would have been perfect. Or hell, you know what? Have 50 Cent be his son's opposing boxer. Oh, yeah. Like, that would have been really cool. Maybe even put, like, a, a his logo on his trunks as, like, a, a little <laughs> Easter egg and then gift it to him after production wraps. I forget if they actually shot this in Las Vegas. Because they, they went all over the place on, on movies like this. And then, of course, in the worst possible place, or at the worst possible time, the boarding process begins. 
And I do love the weight that they give to these little moments where they just look around and they realize all of this is going. All of this is just going to be decimated and see no tomorrow. Ugh. Nothing demoralizing like losing your fight and knowing your father walked out. Is that supposed to be his father? I think so. I didn't get that impression, because why wouldn't he have brought that son with him, too? Maybe it also, was a disappointment. I don't know. Uh, also, what I find really interesting is the fact that, you know, this is, uh, upon rewatching this, this is my second time seeing this movie. Yeah. She is with him later on the plane and stuff, but he leaves her at the boxing match. So it's like, that... Priorities? A, well, right, but it just shows, like, Wait a minute, if he was abandoning her there, why was she even on the plane with him? Like, Good question. When did she catch back up? Like, what is going on here? Like, this doesn't track. Man, I'm just gonna, you know what, I'm just gonna pull a, a Spike Spiegel and just look at you straight in the eye and go, do I look like I have money? I don't know billionaires. Billionaires are fucking weirdos. <laughs> so... Now we're on the early morning of Los Angeles's last day. And it's also really interesting how they managed to tie him in with the Russian billionaire because he's the limo driver to him. Yeah. Like that's actually kind of cool. That's actually kind of kind of clever. <laughs> I forgot about the dog. Okay, so the, uh, do you remember the uh, uh, in the old days and back in his heyday for Nostalgia Critic uh, when he did Independence Day and he had the Does Boomer Live? <laughs> does Boom... Does, uh, or actually, I think there's an, even an entire website of uh, uh, for people to know in movies, Does the Dog Live? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be... Uh, I'm sure everyone will know it. it happy to know that the dog does make it through through this movie <laughs> yeah although i really hate to see the look on the person's face when they uh look up john wick on that website oh gosh <laughs> yeah ah, you two are little dicks anyway Oh, that's fucking scary. When you know that the weird conspiracy... It's always a scary day when the crazy psycho spouting conspiracy theories sounds oh, a lot yeah. lower. Yeah, when, when it starts to make sense, you're like, oh, crap, all right. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I do when love that phrase in the gargling maw of the Pacific. <laughs> like, what somehow great writing. I, somehow I feel like Woody Harrelson himself is writing half of this shit. <laughs> like, he's just taking way over his own character. I like how he looks all sketch at the watch, but that's actually like a $3,000 watch. Yeah, for real. And then, of course, we have a not cameo by Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> uh, why? Why did I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't actually get Arnold for this bit part. Probably too much money. Probably, because uh, I know that he his term ended in 2011, so technically he was available. Uh, he wouldn't be still governor of California in 2012, but uh, either way, it was. But either way, it would have been kind of cool. But either way, the lookalike does does okay. I think you mean the gummy bed of Candicornia. I love that line. He's an actor. He's leading a script. Uh, apparently, they had a much harsher line for him, uh, and they would cut it out because they're like, that's too harsh. They Because I think the original line was, the governor's a meathead. How could he know anything? you got to trust me over some politician. Come on. And they're like, yeah, that's a little too hard on Arnie. Like, We should be like, the guy's an actor, and he's reading his script. But it's crazy how they kill him on camera during that right after he yeah. goes that the worst is over and you i know, mean now is when everything kicks into super high gear yeah with the we are we are now at the 45 minute park and now the world has begun now we're on the roller coaster and we're also allowed one f-bomb you guys we're allowed <laughs> one fuck in this movie and there it is but holy shit, this destruction. Can you imagine waking up to this? Like living out in LA and just looking at this? Holy shit. But I love I still love the fact that they kind of keep it cheeky, like the verse is over and immediately it begins. Right. Or Kate, we don't want to I don't want us to be splitting apart. Something's pulling us apart. And they literally get split apart by the I love that line that look that he gives like motherfucker. Yeah, but it's like the world's it, dying, and you're gonna pull that matter. face now. Look at this shit. Like this is some dope ass shit. This is when I wanted to see in like an IMAX screen. Oh yeah. Like look at all that detail. Holy shit. Well, if this is what we're in for, I just want it to be quick. And I, and once again, boomers ruining the apocalypse. <laughs> 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 Hold on to the eggs, dear. That's okay. That's okay. They, 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 they get what's coming. They get me as a millennial. They, those boomers get what they deserve. <laughs> I'm so. Grandma awful. goes splat. <laughs> yep. Grandma goes splat. <laughs> Holy hell! Well, there is a door open. So, yep, they just smelled raw sewage. Fun. That's that's, that's an interesting way to shit on your movie. <laughs> You want to take the freeway? And, and of it, course, dude, any destruction movie in LA has to have the donut. <laughs> of course. It's iconic. That's literally what Roland Emmerich gets off to, is destroying iconic symbols of places. And there's not a whole lot in LA, so he's got to work with what he got. But, dude, for real, it's raining cards, raining metal. Although it's amazing in all this destruction... He hasn't just, like, accidentally hit some bystander. Holy shit! We're fine, we're fine. We've got plot armor. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. It's you know, fine. I want to point something out. Yeah. Jesus. You can clearly see the girls in the back are not wearing seatbelts. Right, how did force, they not? But at the force, he just went around those corners and was whipping the back end out when they're missing a door. How did, How did they not they... go flying out of the car? Movie logic, that line. That shot's fucking cool, where they just burst out. 
It's amazing how he can, Roland Emmerich can make a shit spackled limo look cool through an action se- sequence. <laughs> oh shit! The entire San Andreas fault is falling into the ocean. Good. Hey, uh, dude, dude, this is fucking Lex Luthor's plan from Superman. In effect, this is what <laughs> Superman was uh, was uh, trying to fight against at the end of Superman 1978. This is why Chris Reeve is my Superman. And the pilot's gone. It's amazing that car lasted as long as it did. I love the fact that he just... The door just pops off. (laughs) Off its hinge. Well, fuck. You're a pilot, you're fine. He's he's Indiana Jones in this movie. Fly, yes, (laughs) land, no. Trust me, you're the pilot. Get in. <laughs> like, I, I, I just find it so funny that, like, he's he's oh, witnessing man. this destruction, this craziness, and he's still arguing about, like, I can't get us out of here. It's like, do you have a better idea? Dude. Like, if you're not going to be the pilot, who is? Jesus. Seriously, those wide shots are amazing, because it really just pulls in the gravity of like all the shit that's going on inside those houses you know god can you imagine all the memorabilia and all those dead movie stars that's nuts (laughs) it's a bad day to be an entertainer in this movie right (laughs) well i guess uh if this is what's really what we're in for come december 21st uh or 12th we might have got it wrong who knows um, but if this is what we're in for this year, 2020 has prepared me. I'm <laughs> Jesus. Look at these shots, dude. The detail. I really wish I saw this in like IMAX or something. Yeah. Cause I just want nothing more just to look around. Cause even in these shots, cause you know, the, all the crust is shifting all over the place. You don't know what's up or down. The, the shit is so fucked. However, there are a lot of points where I'm watching this, and I feel Damn. I feel very Monty Python. It's only a model. <laughs> <laughs> it's only CG, mate. Jeez, the fucking train. Oh, damn. They do not skimp on this at all. And even this sh- the shots like this where you just drop, like fly by and you see people hanging out and falling through deaths and offices being decimated and this this cool bit right here where it's like a telephoto lens and the whole building falls over oh man damn that's how you do a disaster movie sequence holy shit but yeah for real though if, if that's what's in store like well god willing it's quick <laughs> Like, I hope I wind up in, like, one of those trains where I just, you know, drive into a power plant. And But that's the one thing that I loved about those sequences is because the plates are shifting and all all around, you don't know where gravity is, really. Because yeah. the, the, the horizon line is fucked. Yeah, and you don't know. It's like, it's like okay, my, I, my ground seems level, but has the ground under my ground shifted exactly. that it's no longer level? And Oh, dude, this wide shot, this... This is a good. This is some really good trailer shit right here. Where the piers going in, and the huge tectonic plates. 
Like, even if you were right in the center of that giant plate there, you're still fucked. Oh, yeah. Then back to the cruise ship. And, of course, you know, because it's still Roland, we're being cheeky by playing It Ain't the End of the World. Right. <laughs> Been a hell of a trip, but it ain't the end of the world. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you would think that uh, being on a cruise ship during the apocalypse would actually be a really good spot to be. But then you think about they actually and, you know, it comes in later, the all the tsunami, mega tsunamis, like the only way to be uh, to to really get around this is to be in the air constantly. Uh, not so. Uh, I know, you know, they're talking about the mega tsunamis, but because of where they're, they're based off of, I think there's a level of, depending on the kind of ship you're on, and if you're in more the middle of the ocean as opposed to yeah, near yeah. the actual continents, like if you're on a tanker out in like the literal middle of the Pacific, yeah. you're probably fine. Yeah, you, you'll probably hit something, but it won't be like completely devastating. Um, of course, well, the thing is, the the entire crust shifts around, so even the uh, the the bottom of the ocean uh, shifts around right. too. So, but but it's a matter of a lot of the like you know far ocean tankers that are designed to you know carry stuff. They're designed to be washed over by massive waves and clear the water away. Like they're designed in, the, in such a way. To, so yep. it's like, and so as long as they're not near enough where they're going to get thrown into something and they can avoid being fully yeah. swamped over yeah. there is a decent chance they'd pull through yep so i think there'd be actually more ships than people would anticipate coming out of it just i don't think a cruise ship would be anywhere near one of them so that but i i'm still saying that i'm gonna still call bullshit on that alternate ending where they survive oh yeah fuck oh, yeah. that shit fuck that shit everyone dies everyone dies in the movie <laughs> Actually, that'd be an amazing, like, weird movie to do. Like, literally all of the characters that you've, uh, were, that you spend time with during the apocalypse just flat out die. Are gone. Yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> of course, we gotta have one last call with Dad. And I, I actually love this little bit here where he's like, Can I... Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> But um, I really do love that uh, he actually has his first drink of Jack Daniels in a while because you can tell he's been uh, a bit of a relapse uh, uh, alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, how is – right here, he, his his buddy's calling them out, and he's just like, yeah, no, this this got to be. This has got to be. So. For sure. For sure. Um, so now we're back in uh, with Jackson and crew, and we're finally landing uh, – I believe it's Yellowstone. Uh, which hose, houses the fucking ridiculous super volcano? Because that—that's actually a legit thing. Like, it's uh, there's a legit uh, vol super volcano underneath Yellowstone. So take that for a grain of salt next time you want to see Old Faithful, folks. It's <laughs> it's a it's a thing. And then of course he's got to find uh, uh, um, fucking Woody Harrelson's character who. I'm just gonna say right now, man. He goes out like a fucking. He goes out like a fucking punk. 
just doing what he loves out in the middle of the woods, and he is going to do the last broadcast of America on top of the site of the super volcano. Oh, man. Somebody go good. <laughs> oh, five minutes. Sure. Five minutes. Yeah. Well, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're just going to take this stranger's, uh, this stranger's uh, 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 car and meet him up there on the hill. I absolutely love this moment here just because it it plays out so ridiculously particularly with the uh how his sorting system it's yes. so logical but so silly <laughs> i love it it's next to marilyn monroe and waswell <laughs> <laughs> but it's like dewey decibel it's like <laughs> You have your conspiracy theory, Dewey Decibel? (laughs) (laughs) But man, seriously, though, how punk, uh, like, how uh, boss is he that he is, like, going to be like, I'm going to do the last broadcast of America on the site of the super volcano. You know, I'm actually. I love the fact that you totally buy the into the fact that, despite the fact that he knows where pretty much every, the the secret art project is going, he doesn't choose to go there. He chooses to ride the storm out uh, like a boss. I want his hat. Uh, right. I really want his hat. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I love how he's not entirely sure with the Dewey Decibel. <laughs> and then this 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 look that he gives here. Oh man, that's such a cool shot. <laughs> so beautiful. I'm gonna stay. He's like he is literally like a fly to a, a bug zapper. <laughs> it's oh, kind yeah. of hilarious. Well, but it's like what he has wanted for so long is like he is hung up on wanting the destruction of, you know, like this, this group of people. And yeah. Oh, that was he's just so happy he's getting it. And I I find that hilarious. Yeah. Although I will say this in a weird way, he does give a little bit of gravitas to his monologue here. Like, when he says, this marks the last day of the United States of America, I'm like, shit, that's fucked up. Right. Oh, shit, not Chicago. You know, it's always funny how Chicago is spared, often spared in these movies. Like, it's always New York, it's usually L.A. and Paris, the Eiffel Tower, the, the, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, especially the Golden Gate Bridge, my God. Um, but, uh, you know, Chicago is always kind of spared in these movies. It's weird, isn't it? Maybe we should all just, it is. uh, maybe we should all just, uh, head on over to Chicago, uh, when that comes, my hometown, <laughs> get some, get some, uh, deep dish pizza and some uh, Italian beef well, sandwiches. I mean, it is said that, you know, with the, pr- the projections from global warming, that the Midwest is going to be the most, one of the most livable places on earth for at least, uh, 20 or so years once things start getting bad. 
strike that. We're getting sh- to Chicago right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back home to live with my folks, and I'm happy about it. Oh, shit. Dude, that is such a cool effect, man. Like, I love how they clearly took inspiration from, like, nukes and nuclear uh, explosion footage. I do love this shot yeah. where the ass crack shot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's... And, you, and he pulls it up. You see him do it. <laughs> it's so extra and so funny because I feel like half these are literally character notes from Woody himself. And then, of course, going it out like a real boss. I really hope we go out like that. Like, we're in the middle of watching, like, you know, just uh, just another disaster movie and just be like, this big contract where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, that the Far Side comic when these guys are out fishing and nuclear explosions are going off in the distance. And the one guy's just like, I'll tell you what this means. No size restrictions and screw the limit. <laughs> oh, shit. Boy, it's a really good You are thing still that... driving half a car. We are, Yes, we are still driving. It, not, to, not to worry, Anakin. We are still flying half a ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God the plot, you know, d- decided that uh, his bookshelf wasn't in that back room. <laughs> Otherwise, boy, this movie would be over pretty quick. I think how it should have ended was, like, uh, uh, really fucking funny about how all this shit happens. He's like, I have a plan. First, we'll take a limo to to the airport. We'll have Gordon dry, uh, fly. We'll get to Nevada, find the map, get to, get to Las Vegas, and we'll somehow fly our way to China. But it's okay that we'll be able to get there because of the... Uh, because of the plate tectonics shifting, find a, hopefully a kindly couple will pick us up in a pickup truck. We'll f- work our way in there and work our way through the gears and be rescued. It's fine. We have a plan. And then they just die immediately. <laughs> and the movie's over. <laughs> like, they don't even clear Los Angeles. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Going through Marilyn Monroe and Maps and Roswell. To a map of the London Underground. Better put that in your pocket or hold on to it tight because all them documents are going down. Oh, shit. It's crazy how much they uh, do, like, a lot of hero shit for, for John Cusack to do. But then again, what kind of a movie would this be when when you don't have your lead your lead every man do that sort of thing? Am I right? I it's always okay. love those kind of shots. Like you think it's over and then the hand. Oh, the hand of victory right there. And of course, even though you have to have both hands for strength to pull yourself up, he still has the map in his hand. Run, Forrest! Run! Run, Forrest! <laughs> oh, shit! Come on, man! Hoo-ah! Okay, take off, take off, take off, take off! 
Yeah. Must go faster. Must go faster. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Why wasn't Jeff Goldblum in this? Why wasn't <laughs> Jeff Goldblum in this movie? Why? He should have been in this movie. I don't care. You just, I, but I think you just want Jeff Goldblum in every disaster movie. Yes! He's tailor-made <laughs> for that shit. He's easily, he's probably easily the weirdest best part about uh, Resurgence because he's just playing himself. <laughs> he's entertaining in that way. Just, like, bring Jeff Goldblum. Don't, you don't even have to. Just, like, dude, you're not even here for a role. You're just playing yourself. It's fine. Go for it. Uh, Taika Waititi had the exact right idea when he did Thor Ragnarok with him. Like, he just, yeah. just throw him in a stupid outfit and have him go. It's fine. <laughs> well, uh, well, don't, don't give me the disintegrator. We're not there right now. <laughs> oh, hey, this is where you're heading, Sean, right? Uh, apparently. <laughs> now you're just stealing from Jaws. <laughs> I love when they look at him like that. It's like, you, you we, we've gone fingers. through all of this and we need to... But it's just like, you're alive. Like, everyone else you know has now died. Be yeah. happy. Okay, so this is th this scene is uh, what kind of uh, really cemented me thinking that Ol Oliver Platt is, like, one of the more, like, better characters in the movie where he has one final talk with his mom who has dementia. Right. And you can and you can see even though he's got his job to do and he really needs to be like extremely pragmatic and coldly pragmatic to do it um he's still but the look behind his eyes is just so so telling to what he's feeling you know yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, now this bit right here I thought was really fucking cool. Because I've never seen this monument destroyed for a movie. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, this shot coming up with... However, I cannot see that statue anymore without thinking of an awesome parody joke I heard. Oh, what's that? Jesus wants a hug. Oh, touched, yeah, for, uh, formerly known as Touchdown Jesus out here in Cincinnati. Yeah, or the Cincinnati Dayton area near Middletown. No, I'm literally talking about that one. Like that yeah. shows up in a show, and there's a parody commentary, the one in Brazil. Oh, and is someone there? just goes, "Jesus wants a hug." <laughs> yeah, there's there's a uh, a giant Jesus statue uh, in between Dayton and Cincinnati near where I am. I, uh, I've seen it. Yeah, there used to, it. it used to be called Touchdown Jesus, uh, but it got struck down by lightning, if you want a sign from God. <laughs> um, but they replaced it with a new one, and it's kind of uh, uh, sort of like this, but the arms are a little bit closer inwards and not just out in a cross-like position. But every time we pass it on the highway, we're like, Jesus wants a hug! Oh, man. But seriously, though, that, destruct that destruction shot of like it falling on the people who are obviously there in prayer like jeez fucking christ and of course they also eat they even mentioned the suspension of the 2012 uh, london olympics which i thought yeah. was really cool
it's basically a natural nuclear winter. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong, but at the same time, we're talking about the president here. Yeah. I also love when he walked into the room. He's got that classic, you know, the, the classic uh, hunched over uh, silhouette that JFK had in that one photograph, that one famous photograph of uh, JFK in the Oval Office. Yeah. yeah. Little touches like that are cool, although I kind of wish that they held on it a little bit longer, like just, you know, a couple more seconds. Yeah. So I'm actually curious, as far as movie presidents go, how would you uh, put Donald Glover in for you? I mean, I think he does a great job, but he also is not as pivotal to this movie as Very true. a lot of uh, other movie presidents. So that that's a really hard statement to address. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean... Although it would have been kind of cool to, I mean, not to, you know, deter Danny Glover, because Danny Glover is wonderful here. But it would have been actually kind of cool to see Morgan Freeman reprise his role from uh, Deep Impact. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I think uh, the the compassionate level here, I think, is, is honestly better handled by Glover. Mm. I mean, I love Morgan Freeman, but oh, yeah. Morgan doesn't? Freeman is oh, great at being, like, stately, whereas I feel Glover is great at being, like, the, the compassionate heart. Right, right. Oh, dude. It's Las Vegas going in. How the hell did they actually land nicely? considering how fuck how fucked up the runway was not just in terms of like how cracked up it is and whatnot but how m many emergency vehicles and personnel are running around there it's actually kind of amazing that those guys were able to land the way they did oh shit okay so this extra right here this fireman Someone give that guy a raise because <laughs> there's a shot coming up in the movie. I'll let you know when it is. But where that one bit part character uh, does the best shot in the entire movie. Hmm. Uh, that fireman uh, that fireman bit part. I, uh, I give it up to Roland Emmerich to doing like the best little extra bits or directing the best extra uh, extra shots in movie history like i still get chills every time i see the salute guy from independence day after this president's speech <laughs> like seriously i think honest trailers named him like the best extra ever just <laughs> <laughs> but there's a sh yeah the shot coming up with the fireman is uh it's, it's so good it's so good i love it i love it oh yeah so the president's choosing to stay behind and go down with the ship <laughs> apparently the, yeah and apparently the vice president went down too
I mean, he's not wrong. NSA bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's I, the uh, it's this is just really good drama though i mean he he's harsh but you know when you really it, look at the big picture he's right yeah it's like yeah there's you know when you have a billion people on in, on you know you have seven to eight billion people on the planet and you can only save Maybe like what? Uh, no, there's like what, twelve ships, four hundred thousand a ship. Yeah, like you're you're talking a matter of millions when we have billions. Like it's mm -hmm. it's just there, there's, there's no good way to, and if you make it public, like you're gonna have literally billions of people trying to figure out where you are, and take and, over because everybody is out for themselves. Yep, we're kind of selfish like that. Yeah. But, uh, what ter how Terminator put it? It's in our nature to kill ourselves. It's in our nature destroy. to destroy ourselves. Ah, <laughs> oh, this this little bit right here is actually really sweet. Having the president say goodbye to his daughter. The final address of the United States of America. You know, in 2009, that sounded scary, but after 2020, it's like, eh, not so bad. Not oh, so bad. <laughs> not so bad. You know, I would really like to see this movie, like, exactly as it is. Yeah. But where somebody just like makes the sound, like redoes the soundtrack to make the whole thing hilarious. <laughs> like a lot of. Well, that, but just more like, just think about how many like songs there are about like failing, going down, like everything sucks. Like. <laughs> if they don't have a near my God to thee joke in that somewhere. <laughs> What a coinky dink. My <laughs> the billionaire that I drive for who happens to have tickets and a plane. What a coinky dink. There's a lot of that shit in here. But again, it's so entertaining you don't fucking care. And plus, the characters are really charismatic. I'm not going to lie. I love all of these characters, even though I can only see them as their actors. Oh, Gordon's the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great pilot. Let's go. Okay, here. This is the shot that I was coming. To. This is my great favorite shot. Pilot. In, this is my favorite shot in the whole fucking movie. I love this shit. Like, where the fireman comes out here, right here. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that reaction is. 
perfection. And when he closes the door, you can see the ash cloud coming towards them. That it. <laughs> oh my god. So hammy and stupid, but I love it. <laughs> this movie's one giant ham and cheese sandwich, and it's delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, they got all these great character actors who are just like perfect for their character. Let, yeah, let's have fun and with that, it, man. That, that's all you needed. Well, at least these cars are going to survive, hopefully, maybe. <sighs> Yeah, that's really great. Let's that's awesome. I'm actually surprised they didn't just dump all those cars to chuck the uh, the, the the dead weight of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, you don't have permission. It's like, did you look out the window? Did you look out the window, motherfucker? We don't need your permission. Suck my permission. The world is ending. This is kind of an unprecedented moment. So, fuck you. Bye bye. Now, that's something that's always, like, bugged me. Like, how does an ash cloud do that to the tower? Honestly, I don't know and I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's dramatic and cool. Like, it, it's, it's, it just uh, adds to the, uh, the, the urgency of the moment. Oh, man. Come on, pull that. Lift your big ass! <laughs> I actually do love that line that he says. He's like... Pull your big ass up for Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Whoa. I, don't you just love how Gordon was able to maneuver through two buildings twice? <laughs> oh, shit. That's Caesar's Palace. I love this. <laughs> so good so good you know who he reminds me of he reminds me of a very young and skinnier uh, Dolph Lundgren yeah I can see that also how clever it is it that you know a lo in a lot of these big destruction mo disaster movies we usually see the Eiffel Tower in Paris being destroyed but <laughs> They were a little bit cheeky, low-key cheeky about it, and they decided to do the one in Vegas instead. That's right. Actually kind of, that's actually kind of clever. They get to have their cake and eat it, too. Because they already severed all their connections that they had set up in France when they killed the, uh, the art curator. So why do you need to cut back to France and look at it? Um, right. Let's, and besides, we've seen that before. Let's, let's change it up a little bit. And, of course, now we have a little bit of time with the Dalai Lama. I wonder if the actual sitting Dalai Lama has seen this movie. Because I actually know that he's a big fan of Star Trek, actually. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's like the the, the shit the, uh, the, the, the current Dalai Lama is into, you'd be like, you're kidding, really? Apparently, but, you know, you'd be surprised.
wise words. Worthy of Master Yoda, truly. <laughs> Actually, I remember he was supposed to be uh, a major part of the uh, the trailer for this movie. Because um, the one trailer that I really remember was, uh, you know, this, this character here um, running to the Dalai Lama. Uh, and it's actually the music that was played in the trailer for The Shining. Mm. Uh, uh, that was building, you know, that really beautiful build-up intention. Um, and it was just him running to the outpost of where the Dalai Lama lived in the mountains. And he started ringing the bell just as the waters washed over yeah, the mountains. Yeah, I, I do remember that trailer. That was a really cool moment where it's just like, holy shit, that's, that's a hell of a mic drop. Like, we thought it was really cool when you destroyed the White House back in, you know, 96, 95. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing that uh, Roland really said he wanted to do. He always wanted to do a uh, a biblical flood movie, but he never really found a, a, a really interesting way to tell that story i i love the reaction <laughs> of the grandpa there oh yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> no kidding I love that they actually even give the kids a little bit of time to develop the, their characters with themselves because yeah where where are we we are an hour and 22 into this so um just past halfway yeah so we're now it's time to like slow because now that we've had our really rousing disaster portion we get to slow down just a little bit and let the characters just kind of sit down and talk with one another uh you remember when movies did that they just actually stopped to breathe Looking at you, yeah. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's really nice to see all these different interactions with one another. Um, with all the different characters. But, uh... I'm trying to think here. Uh, what, what was I going to say? Sorry, the hamster in my head just ran off the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see i think that's why i connected the uh the boxer to being his son for some reason mm. but i could probably be totally wrong <laughs> but i do love how that little bit of a uh, character nugget of him being a former boxer gets to be paid off later on when they're all locked in and he just decks the dude right oh <laughs> uh, yeah hawaii is not looking good hawaii's already made up of mostly volcanoes <laughs> Yeah. Well, Alaska looks nice this time of year, right? 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 
I mean, I was thinking like, don't we? Wouldn't we still have a field on Midway? Possible. Uh, mm. uh, based on how this looks, probably not. Well, I, I get that, but I'm just like, if you needed fuel and you were there, where else would you look? Midway. I guess it's uh, condensed down for the sake of movie purposes. Oh, yeah. I mean, th look, I, I enjoy this movie, but you yeah. have the massive will and suspension of disbelief here because the the navigation system and everything else, you're telling me that those things survived all the crush shifting and all this stuff to the point where they can know that they're over the right part of China? That's actually a really good point because... Oh, that's the one part of the movie where you really have to stretch your suspension mm -hmm. of disbelief. Where it's like, oh yeah, the because of the plate tectonics, it actually shifted towards them conveniently so that they could have a harsh landing on the ground. And they're not too far from the site. Yeah, let's go with that. That's... that's <laughs> Uh, well, who, I'm trying to think who who the guys who yeah Roland Emmerich's looking at that like yeah that seems like it'll work I guess. <laughs> point is we are only at the because by that point we're only at the hour and forty minute mark and we still have like forty five minutes of a movie to go so let's do this. Right. And now we again some more character interaction where we just have uh, uh, Helmsley and. Uh, 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 the president's daughter actually get to start bonding a little bit and even sort of yeah. a, a sort of a sort of romance i think yeah i would definitely say this is the heading towards the the romance part Mm-hmm. because what's a big budget disaster epic without a little bit of that right you gotta have everything jokes on you he survived through the <laughs> most ridiculous amount of plot armor known to man. Because <laughs> honestly, in the new world, when this is all, when in this world, after, you know, society has gone back and whatnot, when John Cusack's character is old and withered, if there's not like a dozen documentaries made about him, then <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What are we doing? <laughs> oh this was heartbreaking where he calls his estranged yeah. family for the first time in god knows how long and speaks to his granddaughter for the first time man george seagal just again it's not much of a part here but man they really the actors really managed to give it give it their all oh, i even kept a little picture and right before he could say a word to his son, of course, something bad happens. Ugh. That signal dead tone. Because I've heard yeah. him use that shit before. And again, he brings back a lot of tropes from Day After Tomorrow. But weirdly, he brings back the best parts. Like the little tiny salt and pepper shakes of Day After Tomorrow that I love <laughs> here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, yeah, Day After Tomorrow is still kind of a guilty pleasure. But 
that'll be later this month, you can't, you guys, because this is going to be a straight up disaster month. Yup. <laughs> it's like, that look, we've all just been through a disaster year. Let's commemorate it with a disaster movie month. So, is it me or was that one that one extra needed to be replaced with someone better, Mister President, <laughs> sir? I don't want to like shit in the girl's mouth or anything, but like, come on, you could have gotten a better take of that or something. What Especially... an odd turn of phrase you just used. <laughs> well, I, I, I uh, uh, credit a lot of my inspiration for this show from Kevin Smith and his Fat Man on Batman with Mark Bernard. <laughs> and if y'all have heard that, like, y'all know where I'm coming from. Oh, you always make me feel old. Yep, but I that I love that one little reaction to the one paramedic who's like hey man look i'm really busy uh mr president uh i'll help and he even the president's like really charismatic about it. he's like don't worry you're doing a good job just keep doing what you're doing and then oh this is so good stay away from the washington monument people during a disaster movie stay away from anything tall and that can fall over anything, during a disaster for real Although, uh, <laughs> I do love how we are, con ever since Independence Day, we're constantly coming up with new and creative ways to destroy the White House. Because, <laughs> boy, we kind of had, like, after that, we kind of had, especially with Roland Emmerich, we kind of had, had a fetish for it, didn't we? I'm, I'm still waiting on Black Hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and then we cut straight to uh, uh, the Vatican City. This I thought was fucking cool. I wasn't really grown up Catholic. I was grown up Lutheran. But seeing this was actually, like, fucking powerful, man. But, again, we can't keep it totally serious. We still have to be a little bit cheeky. So, in the Sistine Chapel, it's, it's... we have to have God and man be for... Have God literally forsake mankind by right. putting a crack between the finger? Oh, I love that. It's I don't know. Seeing this, the, this kind of scene is always a little bit like odd to me. Like they always do such a fun job with uh, the Vatican and oh, you know shit. the the and the square and everything in movies, but then you actually go there. And there's so many barricades and corrals and so much commercialization that you're just like, this doesn't Ew. quite hit the same way anymore. No kidding. Although it was bold of them to flat out kill the Pope on camera. That was actually kind eh, of... I mean, I, we've killed was, a lot of them throughout history. So. That's very, okay, that's, that, you got me there. But just the, like in that giant disaster wide shot was actually kind of fucking cool. <laughs> And then, of course, now the giant tsunamis are going through. Oh, he did. Oh, he's right between them. He did. That alternate ending, fuck it. Bye-bye. Seriously, I'm so glad they cut that. <laughs> Because when you look at the what, what happens next, you're like, fuck that bullshit. There's no <laughs> way. Like, 
And even if the even if that ship did manage to like not be totally submerged and just go down completely, neither of these cats would have made it. There would have been like maybe a dozen people that would have survived something like that. Right. If they were lucky. Oh, it's kind of amazing that they're still getting TV broadcasts. Albeit, though, I will give it to them this. They actually look, make it look like it's a poor signal and whatnot. Oh, shit. Nope. No, everybody dies in this movie. Everybody dies. Speaking of which... I, I believe uh, that was the point I made of not enough people die. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here it all the food, all the resources. Oh, I do love the fact that uh, they put him right outside the ship to see the full weight of it and put the audience in his shoes. Ow. Yeah, this shot right here where you just, you get to see. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if that's where you want to be. <laughs> Uh, if I were going to be on that ship, I wouldn't mind being there myself just to get it over with. Oh, damn. That's Poseidon adventure right there. Right. That's not, actually, I'm pretty sure they made that shot just like as a little homage to it. But this I thought was really cool. Oh, actually, yeah. I love the way they, they do the ash here. Yeah, the ash is really cool. But to have the wave come out of the fog... And have the John F. Kennedy USS Carrier right. be the one to take out the White House. That's actually kind of fucking... That's actually cool. This is for Daily Plaza, you cunt bag! He's going over the rainbow to find Dorothy! <laughs> The John F. Kennedy's revenge for assassination. <laughs> All ground transmission has ceased. You're in the middle of the Pacific. What are you hoping to pick up? Anything. Right, but how, what could be broadcasting that far on FM? You would need to be on AM. Good point. Uh, you know, you're totally right. There, he, if they had just switched over to AM, maybe that would have make, made a little bit more powerful. But then again, we were distracted by the giant mic drop of the USS John Kennedy <laughs> taking out the president and the White House. So that one little insert doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> that's the that's the magic of movies. It's it's literally magic and misdirection. Like you show something so fucking cool. You don't notice this tiny little thing where you go back and you're like, hey. Unless you're just like an esoteric asshat like us. <laughs> <laughs> the point, have to point out, you point out every little detail. Oh, God. That'd be like the worst podcast ever. Oh, we God, are going to God. point out every mistake in this movie. No, oh, see, please, the, God, no. Dude, this is exactly why I stopped watching, uh, what was it, um, uh, Everything Wrong With So-and-So Movie. I, I, yeah, Cinema I watch Sins, them. That's it. That, yeah. I, 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 I watch it occasionally just because when they go to a movie they really love and they still have to point out stuff that's kind of wrong, but you can still hear their love for the movie in it. Those are the fun ones. Yeah. 
it's just I got so tired of cinema sins because I'm like, dude, come on, like, and because this is why I always trek towards uh, honest trailers because yeah, they'll point out their flaws, but they'll be like, who cares? Screw that. That's awesome. Like they'll they'll be honest about it instead of just pointing out every little like tiny flaw and error. Like that's that's yeah. IMDb's job. <laughs> <laughs> they got a whole shtick for that, so it's fine. But yeah, see, but it, I guess it really doesn't matter anyway. What if he was listening into AM and FM because they just all transmission has ceased on the ground, which is we're done. You're out. It's Yarp. over. Oh, I thought this was actually kind of cool. Well, they uh, put they put the South Pole in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that I thought was really like holy shit. I love how just crazy scientist that actor looks. It's I perfect. know, right? It's so archetypal and it's so cliched, but it's so good. But yeah, even when you look at the uh, the projection of the uh, the the the, the crust shift uh, on that simulation, you're like looking back. You're trying to do the ge uh, the the geometry math in your head. Like, how did that still get the plane over China anyway? Right. But again, whatever. We still got what we we still got about an hour left of the movie. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yes, either way, what was, oh, shit, man, I'm losing my thought today. It's, it's been, it's been a long, sorry, last year was such a long year, and, uh, we're posting this on New Year's Day, so I'm still a little 2020'd out, so forgive me if the hamster on my, in, on, on the wheel in my brain is, uh, not keeping up. <laughs> This is such a, a child's perspective because, like, yes, I, I'm not not saying to be mean, but it's like, yeah, it's always going to be hard to have to deal with the man who is banging your ex. Yeah, that that's just not a comfortable position for most people, particularly if it's an ex you did not want to be an ex. Yes, yes. Uh, although I do remember now that I think of it, like. I'm glad scenes like this exist for that kid because it makes him a lot more empathetic because I swear to God, watch the alternate ending. He's a dick at the end. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> Fair the, enough. No, for real. Like Je like uh, uh, John Cusack gives him back his phone that they somehow recovered. And it's like, he's got all, he's like, oh man, it's got my own, my own music. And he still kind of gives him shit for being not my dad. Like, he still calls him Jackson and not Dad. Wow. Even after his stepdad's gone. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah like, so I'm glad scenes like that exist because and that alternate ending is gone because, man, they made him a little shit. <laughs> 
I think I think it's more that they kept him a little shit, and that this movie had had smoothed that over a little bit. Okay, I guess, but it's just so weird in tone. I I can't wait for you to actually take a look at that because, like I said, I'll <laughs> have a uh, a link for it in the description below for all you cats listening out there. And they are real. They are like, because you know we know what's gonna happen. They're, like we know the plates have shifted and they're gonna be fine and whatnot. But these cats are expecting a water landing where they are going to die. Yep. And I mean, you know, first time I watched this, that's you know, it's what you're thinking. Yeah. Like, th- In a weird, you're totally right. Like first time we're watching this, you're like, maybe that's this is gonna be kind of the end of it. But no, movie miracle! Yay! Okay, Dorkatron. <laughs> okay, maybe now we should start trying to land. Although I'm kind of amazed that they didn't notice that uh, there was land sooner. So maybe they could have uh, made a emergency landing well, it, outside of the mountains. If they were above the cloud cover... That's probably true, and of course you got to take into account that gigantic ash cloud too. Yeah, and how many other volcanoes erupted? So there are, you know, how much more ash is in the atmosphere? Yeah, that's true. All the Pacific Islands must must have been on fire, and to be fair, that's probably why they didn't stop in Midway. <laughs> I love that line. We're taking the Bentley. We are. Oh yeah, we are taking the Bentley. Wow. <laughs> Oh, and but of course, not even it's not just that, but I also love uh, when they try to start the thing up. Yes. Oh my god, so good. Bush. For real though, it's kind of amazing they didn't just drop the other. If they were so worried about fuel, they would have dropped like half the cars for dead weight. Go! I will sacrifice myself for ratings. I, I mean, I don't think his intention was to sacrifice himself, but I think he did, did still hope to uh, successfully land. It feels like one of those kind of movies, though. Like that's that feels like the thing to do. Like, there's no other way. Just go. Get out of here. Like, super overly dramatic. <laughs> this <laughs> okay <laughs> wow rich people are wild man 
Yeah, see, right there. You would have thought they would have done that ages ago, but whatever. Honestly, I think they didn't do it just so they could have these cars roll around like that. <laughs> just a, a small touch of Fast and Furious. But again, without the excessive cutting. Because they actually hold shots in a fairly appropriate amount of time, I think. Where you actually get to sit back and appreciate See, like, the right here, I would have been bombing out of that cockpit, back, like, running, trying to get out of that plane. Yeah, but, you know, movie. Yeah, but, like, I think it just would have played better had, like, he'd been running and then he died trying to get out rather than still being in the front. I guess. It that, been, it's just know, me. You know that if that you're pro actually you're kind of right because it would have played on your expectations a little bit. Yeah, you think he's gonna survive? You think it's a hero moment? And boom! And then you're like, oh, oops. Okay, you're not fucking around, movie. <laughs> oh, and of course, if because we have to have a little bit of Bible references, two of every animal. Although you gotta love how wide open the are with the uh, the giraffes and the elephants <laughs> and the, the rhinos and whatnot. Small escort going in, but yeah, dude, you would have thought that uh, they had this shit like set up ages ago. But of course, you'll, you know, as we established earlier, uh, this timetable's been changed. Yeah. You also, I, you know, the other thing is uh, they ha had the Chinese to be the one to be uh, to ho house the arcs and to be the government that builds the uh, the uh, the ships that save us all, just right. so that they can pander to the audiences when the movie's released. Because I don't know if you saw what uh, you know all the shit that uh, Michael Bay did, pandering to Chinese audiences for. Uh, for the Transformers movies, especially like the later ones, it's it's like beyond obvious. <laughs> yeah. But then again, at least here it's not as. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's you got a billion euros to get in there. Right. It's just like, well, do I look like I have money anymore? Does money look like anything? <laughs> All foreigners are rich. <laughs> yeah, for real. Or all like we these people were chosen over a di for a dynamic by geneticists all over the world to get the proper gene pool to repopulate. And you just right. see all the people with their checkbooks. Oh man, these fucking shots, dude. Like the the VFX people must have been really outdid themselves cuz um, as far as the effects go now, how well have they aged for you? For me, they've aged just fine because they're so they they're so creative. Even though they're not technically perfect, they're so cre they're still so creative that I don't care and I can still enjoy them even now after all these years. Yeah, I mean, they, it honestly doesn't bother me. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm all right with it. Yeah, totally. 
Because, <laughs> <laughs> man, dude, look at these shots. Oh, the arc setups. Yeah, it's... uh. That's that's some amazing. I can only imagine like the insane amount of uh, storyboards and concept arts that goes into this. Oh, hey, it's the queen. Oh yeah, and the corgis, of course. <laughs> of course, the corgis. You gotta have the corgis. Holy hell. You know that that those are the odds that that Vegas should be gambling on right now, right? No, no, no. Who's going first, the Queen or Betty White? <laughs> money, 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 money. Well, uh, if if I had to guess, uh, probably my money's on Betty White going first, only because the Queen is a uh, the Queen has a long history, uh, the Queen's family rather has a long history of living stupid long. Like, uh, her mother was a centurion, so... Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason why. Uh, that, <laughs> that and she's just fueled by class and gin. I am the supervisor. Another lucky card. See, this is all part of the plan. Nobody panics because it all went according to plan. That's right. <laughs> Don't worry. They'll be nice enough to, to pull over, right? But yeah, dude, I would have loved to see all the concept art and the storyboards for these these shots specifically. Because look at that shit. The Smithsonian, the elephants, the giraffes, the Michelangelo's David, the art. All this shit yeah. is being curated. Man, that is such a relevant commentary. <laughs> That commentary is yeah. still on point, man. <laughs> you know, I think uh, earlier in the movie, I, I'm pretty sure, um, but uh, the president's daughter actually suggested a lottery, sort of like they did in um, uh, Deep Impact, where they, they, they built a giant bunker to hide out in for two years. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't actually even toss around that idea. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. That's uh... and not just for the United States, even, but for the entire planet. Oh, that's another thing that I just realized. Because Deep Impact was about a planet-ending uh, meteorite, right? Only the United States is mentioned in that damn movie. I mean, granted, I know we have the space. Th the, uh, the the space program and one of the finest on the planet but 
we only ho- we only had a plan for uh just the United States uh, in that right. bunker, not the entire planet. Cuz I'm pretty sure the UN would be looking at us like what a bunch of douches. That's the United the United Ju- douches of America. <laughs> oh jeez, that shot. Honestly, if I saw a giant tidal wave like that, I'd be like these guys right here, just sitting and waiting, because why waste the energy to to run? Yeah. Save your energy to swim. <laughs> if you if you don't if you don't get like a your head burst in from the rocks and slamming. Yeah. In. Oh, this shot right coming up right here where they the the countdown decreases exponentially. Yeah. Oh gosh, this now, is so good. Because again, I really wish like movies took uh, just like a few more seconds for certain emotional beats. You know, because um, like I said, like when they walk into the uh, the the president just praying in the chapel, I wish they had yeah. like a few more seconds to linger on that image and shit. I, um, I love this, though, the, the interaction here, because it's like, dude, like, we're not trying to fuck people over. Like, do you understand how rushed we are and how yeah, yeah, haywire everything's gone because the plan but the silence came too here. early? The silence waiting for the clock to stop ticking down. Holy shit, you're kidding. Because just, like, when you see the clock tick down that much, you're just like, Jesus. In these movies, there's always a clock ticking. We gonna make it or not? Man, I'm amazed that that, uh, that truck can get around in, uh, over the mountains like that. Right. <laughs> Make your peace before the end. <laughs> and I'm actually surprised they didn't have that uh, weird moment where they're like, "Make, let's just make peace with one another before the end. Especially like when they were about to go down in the plane. Like they kind of had that, but I really wish that they took like a full minute to be to be like, no, this is, this is it. And then Gordon can come down like, hey, hey, we got good news. <laughs> I know someone on the inside that can get us in. It's cool. Although it is kind of a weird fuck you to be like, have all these Chinese workers uh, build this thing and not give them passes. Uh, China? Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, man. It's, it's, the Chinese government is wild. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I'm sure you'll be able to know a little bit closer uh, when the when the time comes for you, because you're going to be teaching. Yeah, there well, soon. you ain't going to hear a word about it until I'm back. Got to keep my mouth shut if I'm over there. Right. Hmm. Well, either way, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be a magnificent time for you, and I do wish you the best. I hope it works out. Yeah. Yeah, dude, for real, just like... For real, you're not just going to leave these people behind. And you also got to, that's another little touch. It's a little touch that they don't really draw attention to, but they just leave the car on in the background. Yeah. But I like that. That's, it's, it's a nice acknowledgement of the futility of everything that's happening. Oh yeah. And here we go. Here comes that, that really good right hook. Oh, You know, when this around the time this came out and whatnot, where all these billionaires were running towards to be saved and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I want to save them now. <laughs> I, I just realized, like, a massive continuity error, though. Mm. When that? they just showed Arc 4 and how close the door was already being to, like, to being shut. Yeah. And now think about what prevents that and where they're going through the hydraulics and stuff. It's like that timing doesn't match at all. Movie logic. That's, that's I know. We get well. There's always that magic hand wavy thing where it's just like, yeah, movie. <laughs> Holy hell! Man, seriously, I, I I wonder if there's actually like a 2012 like. Uh, production book or something out there put that on i my mean Am i wouldn't be surprised put that on my amazon list wish list for christmas next year because i would love to look at all the uh, the artwork that went in design because i can tell roland actually put a fair amount of research into the movie you know he had the tectonic plate shift he had the mayan civilization although that's still really a skewed thing for the right. sake and purposes um but yeah, you know, it's also like really cool to think what would happen if something like this would happen. That's a really cool wide shot. Oh, that's right. It's when they relower it. That that's my mistake. Yeah. Whoop. Hope there there wasn't anything uh, important in there. Goodbye. A lot of there should have been a lot more people falling over from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh fucking what's his face from uh, Watchmen, uh, the first Night Owl. Oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Stephen McCat, uh, uh, Stephen McCaddy. Man, dudes, these seriously, when they whenever they cut to these wide visual effect shots, I honestly wish I was seeing this 
in IMAX again, or you know, just uh, just to see it on a big. This is screen. such a funny little moment. Okay, yeah, for real. The dog acted through all that chaos and all that dash, mad dash of humanity, can hear that woman from that far away, and not just hear, but manage to get, you know, manage to do a wire walk across. Any other do yeah. little dog like that would have been like, oh, hell no, you come to me. See, I would have thought for sure that, like, they were going to have this be, like, the tragedy moment. Uh -huh. Like, she doesn't get in. She gets boxed out. She gets smushed. <laughs> and then it's like, nope. Like, the exact opposite. Although they do put a really good period on this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right there. Did you so notice, like, as soon as she took her finger away, it sped up and closed as if it was waiting. It was clearly two stagehands waiting for the cue. <laughs> but I don't care because that that little that one last fuck you to Sasha for, to, uh, for Sasha's death is so, so good. Ah, they're all billionaires. They're all selfish prudes. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck the 1%. They paid for this, and now we're going to... How does it feel? How does it feel to be desperate? <laughs> you can tell You can tell I'm really fucking poor right now. <laughs> like, I am a poor-ass millennial full of rage. <sighs> I mean, I, I think it's, I think given the state of the world and particularly with how the 0.01% uh, have enriched themselves off the pandemic, the annoyance is perfectly justified at the moment. At the moment, yes. But in the future, if I'm old and, and rich, I apologize to my future self. God willing, <laughs> I get there. I probably not. <laughs> So whose side would you be on if you were in this room? In this particular moment, um, I'm I'm on um, I'm on the the geologist side. Yeah, because they they have the capabilities to to save these people, like they really do. Yeah, this is not a matter of like the people out there, the general population. In this moment, in this situation, they can save the people. Yeah, out there on that deck, and with all the other arcs willing to cooperate, they can distribute people as necessary when they meet up. Whatever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, like, I'm on his side because it's 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 okay. Yeah, we've we've still got 15 minutes. We can at least save a giant chunk of them out there. And besides, he's right. Like, as far as the soul of humanity. We got to be remain empathetic towards one another because each other is all we'll have in a time like this. Yeah. Like money, cars, all that stupid bullshit means nothing now. More than ever. And I get the pragmatism. I get it. Literally, something could possibly go wrong and doom the entire thing. But... God damn it, at least try. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just the way he said, open the gates. It's, it's... <sighs> There's... Even the heads of state actors here, like, they bring just the right level of ham and <laughs> and, and uh, cheese to the to, to this wonderful, de- 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 delicious sandwich that is this movie. Because we're like, look, this is this is kind of a silly movie. Let's be honest. So let's let's have a little fun. Oh, sorry. Man, dude. Oh, shit. Run. Look at these sets too. I just realized how, like, because all this shit is practical. Because you know, in the the uh, the older or the uh, post two thousand five two thousand six era, like there was so much CG and so much green screen that you didn't see real sets anymore. But this is all clearly built, which is so, which is actually really refreshing. Uh huh. Yuck. Oof. That's that's an unpleasant way to go. Yeah. Cuz you you you'd have to wait till it got to your torso before you actually didn't have to feel anything anymore. Oh shit. So would you have preferred it if uh, John Cusack's character died in this movie? Uh not necessarily, but like I as I said, I just felt like the death of one of the family members, you know, probably a little more realistic, given all the trials they went through. Yeah, because there is a moment like when he's he seemingly drowned. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you you know, I actually wouldn't have mind if he didn't come back out. Because yeah. what a bold move it would have been for your leading man to perish in your disaster movie. Exactly. Oh, and here we go. The other trailer moment where the Dalai Lama goes out. Although, uh, I just realized, like, while I'm watching this, he's now seeing the water go out, but he only ring. He's only able to ring the bell like three times. Yep. What's that gonna really do? Because I because I think that's supposed to be like a warning signal. But yeah, see, he only manages to ring it twice before yeah. being destroyed. What, what, what's that going to do? I would have just sat there with my tea, like, finished my tea. <laughs> oh, shit. We got one more. This is actually really cool. Where he has to launch his, launch his son up there. And he goes. I mean, he was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of was, yeah. 
Uh-oh. Oh, that's not good. We kind of need that gate to be closed. He's like, holy shit, that's that kid I met. <laughs> that's that kid I met in, uh, yeah, <laughs> I met him in uh, Yellowstone. Man, that tech for the security cams is top-notch. <laughs> Again, he was right, but you don't have to... Do you really have to be a dick about it, though? I Well, I mean... Oh, this is cool. You may have doomed... Like, half a million people. Yeah. Like, I get why he's frustrated. Holy shit, though. That, they, the destruction of Air Force One. But I, but, I mean, this is what happens. Yeah, go ahead. What? No, I mean, like, this is what happens, though, when you make people desperate. Yes. They're, like, that's why they, they win in that way. They're going to try, people will try to find any possible way they can to survive. Mm -hmm. It's human instinct. But yeah, we got to see Air Force One get taken out by that wave. Although, it's really cool how that thing comes back. Because they're like, I don't know, like we just unceremoniously took out Air Force One. That felt a little like, can we bring that back for one more little beat? And the way they right. do is really fucking cool. I think it's coming up like uh, right about here. Damn, that's some cool... Holy shit! Well, that that's not good. And those two kids should have been dead. <laughs> Man, look at that shit, dude. Like... Looking at this, this is all practical. They had a giant set. They had water spray over all the extras. Like, that's that's actually really impressive. You don't see yep, a whole lot of that, a, man. It, it's a lot to do. Yeah. I mean, you look at shots because, I mean, yeah, the visual effects took up, like, a huge portion of the budget. But when you see practical shit like this, you're like, oh, that's why it's $200 million. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause even this shit, like, look, look, some of this shit looks like it's out of Alien or Pacific Rim, and you know, yeah. I actually, I totally would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if these sets were refurbished to be in Pacific oh, yeah. Rim. Because reusing assets is is just smart, smart money in, yeah. in Hollywood. Well, it's also really funny because Pacific Rim is basically the, uh, this generation's uh, Independence Day. It's the ex <laughs> it's almost the exact same. Thing. Like, even down to the bit where it's like, Hello, boys! I'm back! Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not the dog! Get the dog, get the dog, get the dog! Take care of the doggy! Oh, yeah, she, I, for, I totally forgot. She dies, too. 
I guess that's one more death to, to, to look forward to. Oh, you know what would have been really funny? <laughs> if it was the other way around and where the model lived and the kid didn't. How oh, fucking dark yeah, would like, that have been? Oh, well, this. that's kind of what I was saying. Like, Right here. Uh, professor, look. It's Air Force One. <laughs> that was cool. That's a really cool way to bring back Air Force One into the movie. Just for one last little beat. Yep. But yeah, you're totally right, dude. Like, if it had been one kid that died. But you know Or, what like, I'm... the mom. Like, you know, like, like one of the characters that, that, like, you know, was super important. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, they obviously had, like, I kind of think the dad, mm. like, should have lived because they had this kind of acrimonious relationship with him because of everything that's gone on. Yep. So it's like, had you taken out one of the other family members? Like, this had been a dark movie. Yeah, because I know if the studio execs were like, you killed a kid, like, the studio execs would be like, we're not going to do that. That's yeah, there's, not... there's always, there, there, there's been a big thing in Hollywood for a long time of, like, you can't kill the kid. And they are getting a little more creative with ways to kill a kid, but by and large, they're like, you're not yeah. killing the kid. Yeah, it's just not marketable. I'm. We're nah. <laughs> sorry. And I, I get it. Like, look, I enjoy feel-good movies. Like, I'm not saying I don't enjoy, you know, this movie and like a happy ending. But happy endings don't aren't necessarily reality. Oh yeah, totally. Get you gotta love how uh, uh, Helmsley, the geologist. The geologist is one of the people that goes down there to rescue them. Yeah. Like, that's... Is that's, it made of rock? What are you doing here? That's really dumb, you guys. That's really good. Like, you would have think they would have thrown in, like, a uh, an expert for, of the ship, but no. Nah. Oh, and yeah. I love this. They're like, oh, shit, we're going to slam into Mount Everest? <laughs> holy shit oh fuck I can't really think of any other disaster movies that feature Mount Everest I think the only other one was Waterworld yeah I think you're right it's nice It's ni again it's, it's, a, it's a nice little change they change up like some of the worldwide landmarks and whatnot um although i i guess we had to wait until pacific rim until we saw the uh the sydney opera house be destroyed because <laughs> that one always gets left out too oh man these sets do you know what a bitch and a half it is to have a, a water set Cause, oh yeah, yeah. Because like, look, you gotta. Because remember, when you're on a set, you gotta have script supervisors. You gotta have the sound guy. You gotta have the cameraman. You gotta have operators, standbys, makeup. All these people crammed into this set, and then you throw in the added element of not just bubbling water underneath, but water spraying down from the uh, the the, uh -huh. the hoses from the ceiling. Like that's insane to keep organized and when you see shit like this you're like man they really went for it good for them
<laughs> I almost wish he just like looked at her and went, I know. Just one final little cheeky bit. <laughs> oh shit, that's does she die? I forget. I think she does. I didn't think so, but I could be mistaken. Maybe she yeah. does. Yeah, I think she's gone. Oh, man, dude. Seriously, the lighting in this this set. You'd swear, like, this shit was straight out of Aliens. You know? <laughs> I don't know. When it, when it comes to water stuff, I, like, it, I, I find it more, I, th I think along the lines of, like, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, right. You're no, you're totally right because it even ha does have that like, you know, mechanical uh, underwater facility sort of thing. Yeah. Oh man, dude, can you imagine if they just, for shits and giggles, decided to add in a couple of sharks that found their way through the tsunami <laughs> just to add the more fuckery on top of all of this, like. It's yeah, not... but I mean, like, they have to be, you'd have to show them outside the arc because the space is still so small. The probability of them coming in there with the, no, with no, let's the turmoil. Go, no, let's go full Sharknado with that. Just show a couple <laughs> of badly rendered CG sharks working their way in through the, uh, the open gate hole. And now they have to deal with sharks, too. And where John Cusack goes full, full over the top and has to punch a shark to get... To... <laughs> To get to this shit. Or better yet, he's cornered by the shark and he has to have the shark grab the thing that's jamming the gears so the shark can pull it out. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just scold that kid. Because if that were my kid that came back, I'm like, kid, I love, dude, I love you, but get the hell back with your mother. Right? <laughs> You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. It's fine. Man, how are these el el uh, animals in there just not freaking the fuck out? Because <laughs> seriously, if, if you're around a, a like a, a freaked out uh, baby elephant, it's terrifying. Oh, God, yeah. Shit. Everest is getting closer. <laughs> We're all gonna die. What are you doing, kid? Oh, shit. You know, I wonder how many dead bodies off of Everest are just spilling into the water right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know about that, right? Like, all the people that have died on Everest expeditions are still right. up there. And it's oh, basically yeah. a giant a giant graveyard. 
Also, there should have been like a, a shitload of sharks just eating people <laughs> that swam <laughs> into there. Like, it'd be really great to see like the sci-fi version of this. <laughs> just the worst special effects ever. Are gonna be fine. They're fine. They're fine. It's all fine here. Oh, I'm reminded shit. of a song. Close your eyes and count to fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck! Phew! Woo! Made it! <laughs> oh, man. These movies are so goofy, but damn. It's amazing that those cameras down there are still functioning. Well, some went out. Yeah. But not all of them. Only the ones when it dramatically mattered. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's just how that shit works, man. The Chinese are good, but the, the, the Chinese are so good at building these things that they have them only malfunction when the plot needs it to. <laughs> Also, with the, the amount of time that they were, uh, un, you know, afloat and adrift, it's amazing how much water they should have really taken on and they're still going. Like, is there, like, a pump filtration system to pump that shit out? Uh, most ships now do have that, yes. Yeah. And that's also why they were there were certain chambers being cut off because it's because they don't let the rest of the ship sink. It's far more advanced versions of the original design of the Titanic. Yeah, they decided to put ceilings on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and not just, you know, not have them spill over the top of one another, and they have a lot more efficient pumps. Which, by the way, everyone who's listening, we are going to be doing Titanic next week, so tune in for that. It's going to be a really <laughs> fun ride. I can't wait. Yay, family get back together hug. Because nothing brings together family like the fucking end of the world. Of course, to be fair, if the end of the world happened and that would bring a lot of us together. I also love this. Yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't that bring new family? For sure, but I'd love this. It's year 00001. Yeah. Like the like the whole we're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just this is this is a new age in human history. We are starting at year one. That must be really weird for a lot of people to like to adjust to. <laughs> like, um, when were you born? Uh, oh, oh uh, when when were you born? Uh, uh, Thirty, whatever, whatever something C. Uh, be, I guess before cataclysm. No, I can't. Use uh, no, I think I, I think you would have it. Um, 
I think you would have AC for after Catechism, but still have AD for the previous. There you go. There you go. So, I was born eight. Uh, I was born nineteen seventy two AD or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh snap! Well, we're way over capacity, so and you don't really have a bed, do you? So uh, I guess we'll just have to share. I guess. In all fairness, that's totally how Katie and I started becoming a thing. Like I, I, I mean, I was uh, usually supposed to just move in just to be a roommate, and then eventually, like, well, I don't have a bed. I'll just sleep right here <laughs> and after that we're just, and after that we're just like oh fuck it we've because we've been friends for like three years at that point oh he survived <laughs> but it is nice to know that those ships are way over capacity <laughs> they built a gift shop for the of course they built a gift shop for these things capitalism you would think they would have just abolished money at this point because like really what the hell is a euro gonna do anymore I remember this was also in the trailers like they all these people going out uh, into the sunrise and it was just like stamped with these huge fonts where it's like Google 2012 what is it oh, it's such a cool shot though I'm just again I'm so relieved that this is the ending <laughs> That's such a cool design. Oh, look! I even love how the uh, the command the command bridge raises up. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I mean? He did the exact same fucking thing in uh, Day After Tomorrow, where it's like, well, like the uh, the post disaster part isn't as bad as we thought. <laughs> Well, I thought that's actually kind of cool that uh, not just the poles have changed and whatnot, but even the elevation has changed and whatnot. And how Africa basically just only slightly changed its geography. It just right. raised in, in, uh, in its level. But I'm wondering what the rest of the landmass actually looks like, because I know the last shot is where they pull way out and you see just Africa <laughs> in the midst of the ocean but I'm like well, what about all of Eurasia and South America yeah well, I mean like okay great everything shifted it's gonna have to resettle somewhere but can we like see all of it though because I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a film watcher so I like to see shit to see <laughs> the shit you know don't make me imagine it <laughs> This is this is Hollywood, man. That's your job. You're supposed to just show us shit. 
Haven't you heard? Movies is magic. And yet again, once again, just like he did with Day After Tomorrow, shows the planet with its new geography map. <laughs> I guess you can kind of see the Middle East and parts of Asia up there. But very broken up. Mm-hmm. Well, it sure will be a very interesting uh, way to explore the the new world as it is. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, someone's going to create, you know, another ship called the, Mich the Magellan to explore all the new territories and whatnot. <laughs> and also uh, survey all the damage and find lost pieces of the civilization. Like, uh, you know, someone pulls out a uh, an old... I'm just picturing, you know, a bunch of archaeologists getting excited over the fact that they found a billboard of, a like, you know, centuries past, and it's fucking Kim Kardashian or something. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, it's all from the uh, the old L.A. site, and they're like, what an amazing find, this... This image is so well preserved and gives us an idea of what life was like back in the er in, in the uh, the old world, because like, <laughs> we've like, unearthed the Hollywood sign. We found the H. We found the H in the Hollywood sign. <laughs> or, or actually, better yet, uh, just like for you BoJack fans, they only found the D, <laughs> and they don't they can't find Hollywood. We're renaming it Hollywood. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. Yeah, man. So that's 2012, man. And uh, honestly, I still enjoy this movie a lot. Like it, again, to to, uh, to be back to Roger Ebert, you get what you pay for, and it's as good as a movie in this genre can be. You know, like uh, <laughs> I even remember him saying, like, no doubt it's going to inflame fears about our demise in 2012 um i'm worried he said i'm worried too but i expect it'll be even worse than y2k <laughs> <laughs> you crass you crass bastard god rest your soul <laughs> yeah how, how, how i mean how's it still for you because i know you had like a kind of a like a yeah it was fun sort of thing but i don't know if it's like changed since then i mean i i enjoy it it's it's a decent movie but i think it's prohibitively long for it to be something I'm going to revisit all that often. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, and also, as I didn't have an attachment to it, and it wasn't you know, obviously any level of importance to me, which probably has something to do with age and timing and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as we as we kind of said before, it's like I'm I loved uh independence day yes you know that movie came out you know in formative years for me and i absolutely loved it and i will always you know revisit that on occasion uh and so i could definitely see how this movie could be some people's you know independence oh. day and that's fine but uh for me it's it's just like yeah it, it's well done and it's decent but um there's for everything I like about this movie, you know, the performances and, and the effects and this, that, there's other movies that have each of those things better. You know, okay. there's John Cusack movies I like better. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, there's, is, you know, to someone, there's... Someone who says this is John Cusack's best performance, 
doesn't know John Cusack. Right, exactly. So it's like, you know, there's, there's you know, as we were just saying, there's Ronald Emmerich movies I like better. There's Woody Harrelson movies I like better. There, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, heck, even if somebody's going this far as to watch the movie for it, there's Amanda Peet movies I like better. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, so, so everyone in this, it's like, nobody gives a bad performance. Everyone does a good job. But I can find shorter movies that I enjoy more that give me the things I enjoy from this movie. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the only reason why I hold this one with a weird close spot in my heart, not like super close or anything, just a real fondness for it is because Roland Emmerich just has like so many wonderful guilty pleasures for me. Like, you know, day after tomorrow, I really love, uh independence day it's a guilty pleasure guys like it's not a good movie i'm sorry it really isn't when you get down to it <laughs> but um yeah he's just a, a really wonderful filmmaker and this is i thought was kind of his quintessential disaster movie you know like where he was because because you know that's what he was trying to do he was really being like look I, i'm known as the disaster uh epic guy in hollywood Let's. I really want to outdo uh, myself on this one, you know. I really want to go nuts with it because you know he's. Yeah, I mean he's also the guy who, you know, directed the Patriot. <laughs> you know, I didn't mind the Patriot all that much from a historical I'll, point. Yeah, I totally do. Look, but there's there's a level of fun with it, but when you put you know basically one of the worst atrocities of the Nazis in the middle of the American Revolution, that's a bit like. Uh, no. Yeah. No, just, just no. It's like, you can vilify the British, but not that bad. Because mm -hmm. um, I also, because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the others. That I mean, I let's really take love. it way back. Stargate. I mean. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Stargate. Stargate was fucking cool. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, White House Down, I still haven't yet to see just because. I still want to watch that and Olympus has fallen back to back because those came out at the exact, it, it was the, it, he had the same thing go on with, it was like a, a, you know, deep impact in Armageddon all over again, where the exact same premise of, of two different movies came out at le, like in less than uh, a month from each other. Right. Um, I, I mean, just, I will say, I will say, something i at least have to yeah point to um i did not watch it because i have a lot of friends in the community and it received a lot of backlash and was not well accepted uh so you gotta kind of slap them on the wrist a little bit for stonewall yeah yeah i uh oof. yeah that was that was mm. he he's got such a turbulent uh career honestly because he he comes out with some really amazing like like i said guilt great guilty pleasure movies and then he comes out with shit like you know like fucking 10,000 bc that are range from like the forgettable yeah. to the really fucking bad or or do we really want to mention godzilla because yikes yeah I, this we don't talk about that one no although i I do remember because uh, re I reread Roger Ebert's review of uh, 2012. Uh, is that apparently uh, he still he has a bit of a grudge against Emmerich for having Mayor uh, Mayor Ebert 
of New York in Godzilla, and he didn't have him squish on him. <laughs> like, how dare you not have Godzilla squish Mayor Ebert in this movie? <laughs> Which I thought was actually really funny. But, uh, yeah, oh, man, my I, gosh. I still really love this one a lot. Because, again, the effects are breathtaking. It It's actually one of the few... It's 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 also really bold, knowing that they, that uh, you know, Columbia just dumped $200 million in a movie that wasn't part of a franchise. It was just an original movie of its own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, when... Um, Jan de Bont made a uh, uh, twister back in the day where they just gave him like a hundred and fifty million dollar budget and it was just an original idea. There was no sequel setup. It wasn't part of a franchise. It was based on no uh, existing name. None of that safety net that studios go for day in and day out these days. And they just said, let's <laughs> let's give you like just a shitload of money for an original blockbuster that isn't going to have any sequel bait or setting up any you know pocket universes it's actually nice to have that kind of refreshment in there because we need more movies like that yeah there's definitely a lack of that going on these days that's for sure Mm -hmm. although i mean like just based on how much hemorrhaging there's been lately in the uh uh the film industry lately i guess i can see why they want to stay safe bets but then again, they made billions and billions of dollars in the last couple of years alone. Especially well, that's like Disney. Not, I mean, you talk about the hemorrhaging, but the hemorrhaging's happening mainly because of the inflated uh, marketing campaigns, which I don't understand yeah. why. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how that's happened because it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't know people who watch commercials. Um, and most of stuff I hear from word of mouth or see from trailers of other movies. So I don't know where all this marketing money is going. I don't know what you're doing on the global scale, but when you're now telling me you're going to spend almost as much as the film's budget on marketing. Yeah. No wonder you don't want to take a risk on a $25 million movie No kidding. because you're going to drop $50 million on it. Well, guess what? A $25 million movie can probably make you 40 million. No problem. But it might not be able to make you fifty million, and you want to spend fifty million total because now you want to have an advertising budget equal to the production budget. No wonder this doesn't work. <laughs> For real, though, dude. Because like I looked at, uh, you know, I was remember when Avengers Endgame came out, and I looked at the bu- budget, and it was like you know almost four hundred million, one of the most expensive movies ever made. Um, but then you look at that, you're like, oh no, that was like just for to get the movie made and whatnot the budget is actually closer to like double that i'm like you're kidding what the hell did i spend the rest of the other the the marketing and i'm like dude why do you need to spend that much amount of money for marketing when you already gave us an entire cinematic universe and infinity war like dude for real all you need to do is drop us the trailer and we'll still come hard Exactly. So I, I definitely think there's, you know, been a shift going on. And unfortunately, it's pushed a lot of the more uh, independent voices yes. and more interesting films to streaming services. But the issue is because streaming services are also marketing machines trying to tailor what they push to you. Mm-hmm. Unless you make a point to go looking for this stuff, a lot of it you're going to miss. So yeah. one of the things I've taken to doing 
Um, if there's, you know, an actor or actress I really like, I'll make a point to when next time I'm thinking about them or rewatching something I love them in, I'll pop on their IMDb page, see what they've been doing. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, like they might be in, in one of working these and in yeah. movies that are out there streaming that I've heard nothing about because it's, uh, it's not necessarily the typical comfort watching stuff that I watch the most of, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's just the nature of it because i remember talking to my dad uh, a couple of years ago uh over thanksgiving and he was like oh my gosh it's all sequels reboots and remakes i'm like and i actually had to look at him like no dad actually believe it or not there's more original material out there than ever before in film history you just yeah. don't know about it because literally only all those sequels reboots and remakes are the ones that get marketed to death and get the big budgets along with all the distribution rights as well. Yup. Yeah, so. it really fucking hurts, man. I'm serious about that mouse, man. Break up the mouse. We've ha- Look, it was really cool. Uh. It was really cool, and it was really fun for when they all came together for Endgame. But it was, a, it was the big movie event of the summer, of the fucking decade, really. Now, let's just move on and never do it again. Yeah. For real, because I'm, yep. I'm, I'm sick of it. And it's also reasons why, like this, is why I'm doing... Not that I am like don't enjoy doing this, but it's the reason why I'm doing this instead of making movies or working on movies of my own or for others. Otherwise, I totally well, would be on a set, like, you know, either, either directing or, like, some small stuff, like short films or some music videos or whatnot, or I'll just be on a set, you know, getting coffee or... You know, slapping the <laughs> clapperboard together, um, yeah. which I'm totally complacent to do anyway. Uh, but yeah, because of that and the pandemic and the fact that you, literally, there are almost no unions left, and yeah. any any that are left are elite, highly elitist because they're all just like gr- holding on for dear life for whatever whatever's left. So trying to get into the film business, you're like, well, fuck. I mean, you could still do this shit, but you don't get paid. Well, but, you know, like a lot of things, you know, you make short films, you get them out there, and then somebody notices, and then you... Yeah, pray. You know, get... Well, pray, but, I mean, look, people have made Oscar-nominated films now on iPhones. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Th- this is a fact. Yeah. So, um, you know, th- there's definitely ways to do this stuff. I mean, I know somebody who recently uh, made a movie... And they were able to get a decent camera off of, like, use a cell phone camera that's actually decent for making movies yep. with the right attachment. I mean, that equipment cost them all of 300 bucks. Yep. So it's, it's not hard to do, <sighs> uh, it's a, but it's a matter of, um, you know, can you get enough people to help and contribute to make it what you want? And do you have the gumption to do it again and again and again oh yeah dude for sure because that's 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 literally the name of the game man because uh always go out and make movies i mean if if clerks were made today with kevin smith that movie would have cost him like 500 bucks easy and it would have been shot in color too yeah (laughs) so there's no really not a whole lot of excuses we could have like a whole other episode about that about how to you know yeah but 
we're approaching three hours. This is probably about wrap up time. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if there's any final thoughts you want to share, because I think I've pretty much said all I need to. No, I think we're good. I mean, this is it's it's a fun, enjoyable movie, and I yeah. just think uh, depending on when you see it and where you're at, you'll you'll have a different level of attachments to it. But it's definitely worth. This has definitely been worth a watch. And fuck yeah, uh, dude. It, it 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 has a certain level of fun to it that I can definitely uh, appreciate. Yeah, right on, man. Because uh, I mean, you know, we uh, it's it's just one of those. Again, it's a guilty pleasure movie. At the end of the day, that's really what it is, and it's and it's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's really all I got. Because next week is going to be an, we're going to be continuing our disaster month with probably the mega one and a great metaphor for 2012 in general or. 20, uh, 2020 in general James Cameron's Titanic we're doing the big one tomorrow next <laughs> week it's gonna be fucking good man um, I'm really fucking excited about it because I'm kind of a amateur Titanic historian but uh, yeah man we we didn't make the movie t- 2012 but we sure as hell watched it uh, this has been <laughs> this has been an episode of Comtrack we'll never have to watch a movie alone again I've been Tim I've been Sean And we'll see you next week. Peace.